seems they're they're doing it on the streets um, around targets, uh, you know, from secondary to you know the primary target. And uh, whether you're a primary is, you know, you may go from a secondary to a primary if they can make you act out. And uh, do do you have a lot of crime uh, waves in in town? A lot of craziness, uh, you know, uh, shootings like. Uh, crazy actually, uh you know actually I'm, i live in a very very small town it really nothing major ever happens here yeah small towns are real vulnerable to this because I'm yeah i think small towns are the worst yeah 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 because nobody's worse in a small town than it is when i lived in houston yeah, they're picking up properties they're picking up the more valuable properties, getting you know, um, pushing people out, pushing people around, making them move and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I grew up here. I like know everybody here, so I know the people I know are not involved in this stuff. It's the, pe- right. the newer people that come into town and have to be right. teammates and stuff. Well, I don't know what they are, but they're probably been activated through some kind of a system, whether it's military or. Uh, they could be a lot of uh, foster. Were you raised? Do you know foster kids there? Or? I think no, they're. they're no. I, I yeah, actually I come think, from a very good family. What's I think the, they're like I gangs mean, of like that are organized through the. Could be the foster care system. I don't know. I I was I was actually targeted by a CPS worker. So, um, she sold my daughter and my grandson on the black market and then had me gain spot. So. Your That's son, what happened. Your, your child? My grandson. My oh, daughter grandson. and my right, grandson. Right, right, right. Oh, I see. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, you know, and then there's your deep state, like your, I think, uh, Karen out in, or uh, Karen out in uh, um, uh, Joshua, no, uh, Landers out there at Joshua Tree there. She was doing the lawsuits. She, uh, it was the zoning people, you know, that, the county zoning, you know, commissioner and stuff that was, I don't know, they kind of want to organize things around themselves so that their gangs are, 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 uh, got the favorable places, uh, seems to be my targeting here, but you see this stains, look for stains on the road that are outstanding, like, like a slick kind of even, um, coating on, on asphalt. Like, you know, not the asphalt stuff, not the black stuff that for rains and stuff like that and, and snow, but a uh, just a uh, odd stains that, that are completely even. And uh, that's that would be a sign that uh, you're being surrounded, you know. And it's a VOC, you know, it's a, it's a volatile organic compound that gets that's stored in your fat tissue apparently that can be activated with the electronic weaponry and that's that's I was what I'm wondering do they have invisibility that's what I think because they gotta be invisible sometimes yeah the chemicals are invisible basically there's no, you, I mean you, the people can be invisible I literally no no they're they, just timing they're timing their their entry um, with military timing they're using uh, cams on properties, or they could be using a Google, you know, a Google or something, and they're they're watching your habits, and then probably through, wi- probably through our Wi-Fi. No, no, they're, it's just an old P 
Pinkerton 1800. It's just old gang style stocking that that's worked for hundreds of years. All this stuff is ancient stuff. They're just using modern chemicals and modern energy weapons. That's all. The rest is very very primitive. I, that's what I'm seeing. And yeah, I, that, I think you're right. They're just timing their entries when when they're not going to get caught, and that's when they go into the gang stalking. The gang stalking is more or less a conditioning. They're they're trying the real perpetrators, the gang stalkers, and the real perpetrators. They're completely different. You know, it's a whole other yeah. compartment. Those yeah, people who gang stalk you, they probably don't. They have little. They could be doing both, but. Uh, you know, it's it's a flexible program. Yeah, so it's totally different. Like I get, went through the, like I went through the gang stalking first, and I went through the V two K. Now the gang stalking really okay, don't happen to me anymore. That's chemical. They got the yeah. chemical in your place, probably on your walls or somewhere. And probably and through the pest control person. Oh God, who who? Yeah. That's what they're using, <laughs> pest control equipment, pest control chemicals. He that's comes exactly one, he comes what once a month. Oh. I, I notice when he, he comes once a month. I notice when he leaves, it's like way worse. Oh, my God. Why do you let uh, – who, who's ordering ah, – so your landlord's I, I, ordering I, I, that? No, no I, live with, I live with my parents, and they have uh, – he comes once a month. Oh, my God. That's insane. You don't know what he's putting in. Yeah, you have no clue. Oh yeah, well there you go. So yeah. there's your V2K oh. right there. Yeah. And you know these small towns all use the same people. Yeah. Well, you got a good chance to find out what the hell he's using. I would uh, go to Beyond Pet. Find out how to get get exactly what he's using. He's registered with the state, so he has to buy his chemical somewhere, find out what he's, what he's using, what he's using, and then share it with the group here, what he, what chemicals he's using, what Ellie, kind of vo- voices you're getting. <laughs> Compare the chemical to the voices and bring it on, find out what, you know, from that. Yeah, I would find it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really good. No, I had <clears throat> delusions at first where I thought I was in an alt reality world. Yeah. Maybe yeah, find out who his boss is and and where they're storing the stuff, how he's buying it. Try to find out all you can about it and uh, keep him out. Don't don't let him come back. Don't don't tell him that you don't want him in. Be real friendly and and milk him for all it for all you can get out of yeah. them then don't 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 let them back in. you know talk to your parents don't let them back in ever yeah well, you know i mean that's ridiculous <laughs> you're yeah, destroying the habitat everything but but i guarantee he's probably working with a bigger criminal group yeah. no that's obviously where this whole thing's coming from is pest control agriculture but they're using the, ag- the pest control equipment to attack people. They're probably sticking agricultural spray rigs on onto a com- uh, onto 
cars and I trucks. I was getting tinnitus in my ears like three months ago. That went away though. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that is, is that that buzzing noise? Yeah, the buzzing noise in my ear went away. Oh, they've done that. They've done that to me before. Yeah, that's chemical. I thought I thought it was coming out of the Burger King. Um, <laughs> I did. I thought it was coming out of the Burger King um, um, lobby. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Shut that noise off. <laughs> yeah. Well, people become uh, uh, what do you call uh, accustomed to this? These, these uh, for get high. They go out on the sidewalk to get high where the chemical is. I think they become dependent upon it for the buzz they're getting, and and uh, they, you know, what do they call that when you, you know, they, and it's dull without it, so they. You know they're conditioned to to seek it out, and that, that has a lot to do with the energy weapons too. There's uh, there's an. I have never got burned. I can't say that. I, that's never happened to me. I never got one of those burns I see on people post online. Whoa, whoa, Jesus Christ! Hey. I was gonna save him. He keeps falling on me, dude. Maybe he needs to quit fucking drinking. Sorry. Sorry, you guys. This guy's trying to follow me. He's getting a feel, huh? He's, he's <laughs> he already fell on me once. Yeah. It gets crazy out here. I was forced into, I was forced into homelessness over this, so... um. You know, that's how I live. <laughs> oh, you're homeless? Oh, and homeless? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, because of what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, you guys get really targeted bad. You know, they're using... I did when I was... I, yeah, I did when I was homeless for a while. I got targeted worse than I ever went through anything. Well, the worst I ever went through was when I was homeless. Yep. Because that's where they want you. They want you homeless and... <laughs> Yep. But um, I'm doing I'm doing better now. I'm doing okay. <coughs> I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. They're easy to spot out. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're easy to yeah yeah because there's no place. But if you have a house, just like he has a place, but the mother they think you know they get they need their preserve the wood or something. I don't know what people think about this chemical stuff, but do you see how easily they become accustomed to it? You know? (laughs) I've seen the cops give the fucking perps dope (laughs) to take me down. (laughs) It's crazy. Crazy. But, um, did you guys, did you guys do your letter to the judge? 
I wrote the letter. I need to mail it. I don't know the exact address. To what Hello? judge? Oh, to a federal judge? Hello? Or locals? Yeah, we hear you. Go ahead. What, how'd you do on the letter? I wrote a letter. I just haven't mailed it yet. I don't know the exact address to it. Oh, Karen's letter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, you can... Um, those are adaptable. You can put your own words in those. You can... A cut and paste, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, I would try to get rid of that stuff. You know, get your diet down and, um, you know, pray of what you want in life. If you can keep that chemical coming in, I think you're going to be all right. Yeah, most of it, that's all it is, like, the gang stalking all stops. They stop. When I move back to Well, the gang stalking is a product of your your mental state, you know. um, It's hardly half of it ain't even real. You got to find out if they've contacted that pest control. They might have inserted. They might be involved with the pest control guy. Yeah. You know that because that's what I've seen around here. That there, whoever's doing the weeding in this river, he's involved. You know, at the higher levels, and you can see he's he's working for nuclear test or nuclear. Atomic, uh, you know, uh, generators, you know, um, what do you call it, plants. But, uh, no, I think think the cops have to, the cops. Did I mute somebody? No, you muted yourself. I did? Yeah. Were you talking about that letter? Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I don't really know how these conference calls work that well. I'm just learning. Yeah, you know, you use star six if there's a lot of noise, and then you then you un, unmute yourself when you want to speak. Oh, okay. If there's a lot of noise out, just put star six, and then when you have something to add, hit star six again. Oh, I see. That's how you do it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I pushed it with my cheek. <laughs> oh, oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, if there's a lot of background noise, you want to put star six. Oh, is there a lot of background noise on my part? it's not too bad. It's not too bad, but uh, it's right in marginal, you know, whether you want to do it or not. Oh, sorry, you guys. It's not too bad. It's all right. Maybe I should uh, <laughs> call when I. G- oh my God! Get the fuck off my. Get the fuck off my shit, dude. Hey, I have to call you guys back because this drunk guy keeps. Just star six. Yeah, there's usually more people on here. It used to be there were like 20,000 people. Josh. Yeah. 
I'm going to let you go because this drunk guy keeps falling down on me, and i got to okay. make sure that he doesn't do it again, okay? Okay, I will. All right. No problem. All right. Good. All okay. right. I'm back then. And, uh, okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, when I was that, when I when I was homeless, it was like awful. Hey guys, where'd everybody go? There's still a room full of people left in here. The room's starting to get built up. I'm sending out some what? invites here in the background. Uh-huh. I'm sending out invites to the call in the background here. Uh-huh. You guys go ahead and carry on. There's there's still more people on here. How many people's in the call? Hold on just a minute, I'll tell you. Just a minute. Okay, there is about seven people in here right now. Oh, okay. But I'm sending out invites in the background. I'll be back on here in a few minutes probably. There's another person that's joined. Welcome, 657.
There's people on the call right now. Yeah, I can't hear anything. Yeah, I can't hear anything. I heard you.
I think uh, the reason we're on these calls is uh, either we're new to this and we don't exactly know what's happening or all the uh, aspects to it, and then uh, the ones that have have some experience with it and need like support, so they're they're coming to these calls and to learn other things and uh, more, you know, how the perpetrators adapt to the people's diff- different situations. And uh, uh, I'm not saying I have, uh, I know everything, you know, that perpetrators are using, but uh have some uh, clues, you know, as to how it's, know what it is and uh but I don't have I don't know how to prosecute so much and just need support. We need court support if we're gonna or we need, you know, help with our writing up our uh what's happening, you know, how we're being uh, attacked and uh so we can accurately you know, make a uh Report, uh, not a report, but uh, describe our uh, you know, uh, the assault against us. You know what what actually it's doing to our bodies and uh, how to you know um, sort things out with what what you know what their means are and essentially get who's doing it and you know be able to get physic you know video evidence of them doing stuff. Or our meters, if if it hits the meter, and you know if we source the source the devices, or uh, you know catch them spraying some chemical or whatever um, residues, trajectories, you know trajectories of both energy weapons and uh, chemical, and uh, they're doing, you know how they're getting away with it, <laughs> why they're getting away with it. Nobody's been able to get them. Well, there are some, you know. There's people that leave the, you know, the gangs that are doing it. Uh, you get accurate reports. Such as mostly it's in the, uh, you know, they always try to go for the duct work, bathrooms, things like that, to make people nervous. It's all about keeping you in fear so that you'll be afraid of everybody and and everybody will look like a stalker and that and this and that and you know you don't come to the right think you know convictions of of what's happening you know we're, we're beliefs or putting the facts together in the right order understand what the cell the life of the cell is important you know, the, each cell, we have 50 trillion cells or so much, you know, in our body. And it's all working in harmony. And what it, you know, when it gets disrupted by, uh, device, you know, electrical, you know, pulse pulse frequency devices and uh, vapors, chemical vaporing, direct contact, and, vaccines, whatnot. Because this vapor is going to go for, it's going to be heavier than air, and then it's going to rise up, heat, you know, and 
if they get a big dose in before winter, you want to make sure nobody gets a dose. If if you're, you know, spending more time inside in the winter, you you got to keep them out all fall. You know, if they can make an entry in the fall, they can ruin, you know, six months of your life if you're inside. You know, so you got to make sure nobody gets, you don't leave an opening for them if you're spending, you know, if you got to spend a lot of time inside. But they're messing with our air supply and air supply around us and those around us, you know, that's what they're doing here anyway. I don't know. Yeah, VFC meters, I don't know. They won't tell you what's in it, but... Just too far, you know, far out crime to convince people that people would be doing it and uh, doing what they're doing. So they they marginalize you into this, you know, destroy your work. Your, so you can't weaken you. So then you get all paranoid, thinking everybody's involved. When you know, half the people stalking you are the same. You know, they're there's some kind of victim to it. I don't know. They're stalking you. For all they, other people know, you're the stalker. It's like, it's crazy. But yeah, there are predators out there and they want to keep you from their ma- the main, you know, the central part of their operation.
So, Ed Snowden, um, a lot of people in this country are probably curious, when was the last time you had discussions about coming home to the United States? And would this still be your preference? Do you still refer to it as home? The United States will always be my home. Um, and I'll always be willing uh, to come back uh, on a single condition. And I've, I've been quite clear about this over the years. Uh, this is that the government guarantee that I have the right and every whistleblower has the right to tell the jury. Right? We can disagree uh, about whether this was right or wrong. We can disagree about whether this is good or bad. We can disagree about whether this is legal or le illegal. That's right and proper in a democracy, but we have to that the jury is supposed to be the proper authority to ultimately decide was this right or wrong. And I hate to say it, but under the current laws, that is explicitly forbidden, um, which as you know, it's increasingly being used against the sources of journalism instead of foreign spies. Uh, the law makes no distinction that tells a secret to a journalist uh, and someone who tells a secret to a foreign government. Uh, and yet, yeah, there have not there has not been any movement, unfortunately, on that conversation since the Obama administration. When uh, I told um, the the government that uh, all they need to do is give me the right of what we call a public interest defense. Uh, this is a fair trial and open trial. Was this justified or not? Um, and an unfortunately, Attorney General Eric Holder responded and said. Uh, we can't promise that. We will promise you. Fortunately, I'd say uh, that's not quite enough. Something you is that you would expect and you would accept a certain punishment for your actions. What if that package of punishment included working for the home team? What if some help us harden our elections from attack using your skills? I would volunteer uh, for that instantly. You know, they, they wouldn't even have to pay uh, me for that. Remember, uh, I volunteered to work for the CIA, for the NSA. Um, when I came, which we need to be clear, the courts have found was in fact unlawful. And one court said likely unconstitutional. Um, so I have uh, no objection to helping the government. Uh, I came forward and NSA down. I came forward to reform it, to help it return to the ideals that we're all supposed to share. Uh, so there will never be a question of when my government is ready, um, when my government wants me to help, I will be there. How has your opinion changed, Mr. Putin, since you've been in Russia? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't think uh, it really has changed because uh, the, the question might presume that I had a positive opinion at some point. Um, I think everyone would agree, probably including the Russian president himself, uh, that he is an authoritarian leader. Uh, I think the Russian government broadly does not have a good record on, on human rights, um, and that hasn't changed. How odd is it to you that while you've been there, consensus here has hardened that they are the actors who interfered in our last presidential election? I don't think it's surprising. Um, there was a story published in 
York Times actually reporting on a study uh, in February of 2018. Uh, and it was also done in the uh, Washington Post uh, about the record of electoral interference. Um, and they looked at uh, Russia and the Soviet Union and electoral interference by intelligence agencies. Uh, and they found, I think, 36 different cases of electoral interference over roughly the but then they also these intelligence services and found that we had interfered in foreign elections at 81 different times. Uh, this is not to say one is better than the other. It's, it's not about that. It's about budget, about, it's about capability. What we do see from this is that what happened in 2016 actually was not unusual from the perspective of intelligence agencies. They are hired to do is find out how to secure our systems, acts that we know are inevitable. Something you've been asked before, something you have answered before, but a fresh occasion, we'll, we'll ask it again. Why not stay in this country and face the music if you believed in the strength of your conviction? Uh, this is a great question, Brian, and I'm, I'm glad you asked it. When we say face the music, the question is, well, what song are they playing? Uh, I was intentionally charged, uh, as every major whistleblower in the last decades has been, um, with a very particular uh, crime. Um, this is a violation of Act of 1917. Um, and, and this is a law uh, that is explicit to prohibit a meaningful defense in court. Uh, this is applied, or this law is used uh, against people whose the only thing that they've done, and this is by the government's own terms, uh, the only thing the government accuses people uh, defending themselves against this charge uh, have done uh, is that they have told something to a journalist that the government considers classified. All of the crime, um, they don't consider whether it was good or bad. They don't consider whether or not it caused harm. Simply, did you tell something classified to a journalist? If you did, uh, the jury is not allowed to consider, explicitly forbidden from considering why you told journalists. They're explicitly forbidden from considering in a public benefit, right? Did it further the public interest? Uh, instead, they simply say, did you tell a journalist something classified? So I am not, uh, if I had stayed in the United States, and my good friend Daniel Ellsberg, by the way, has uh, told me that I was right uh, not to uh, stand and wait for an inevitable arrest, because the laws and the way they're enforced today is not the same as the 1970s when he came forward with the Pentagon Papers. I would not have uh, received a, a fair trial. Uh, there would not have been much of a trial at all. I would only have received a sentencing. And the question there is, um, what message does that send, whether you like me or not? Uh, I could be the best person in the world, I could be the worst. What message, where you spend the rest of your life in prison for telling journalists things that change the laws of the United States, uh, that have resulted in the most substantive authorities of the 70s? If the only result of doing that is sentence in prison, the next person who sees something criminal happening in the United States government uh, will be discouraged from coming forward. And I can't be a part of that. Where do your parents come down on what you did? In the book, we learn 
a lot more than we knew about them. They were both, uh, we say this in quotes, deep staters. We learned that they both had varying degrees of security clearances in their lives. Uh, yeah, I come from a, a federal family. Uh, my father worked for the military. My mother works for the courts. Uh, my whole line uh, going back has uh, worked in the, in the government service. Um, so I think this was difficult for them. Um, and in fact, one of the things that I will be eternally grateful uh, is the fact that they still stand by me today um, and believe that I did the right thing. Were they present for your wedding? You've gone and gotten married in the years since we've last spoken. <laughs> uh, there hasn't been a yet. We were married, uh, but it was just a size in a courthouse. Um, because uh, Lindsay and I had been living together. Uh, we had been in love with each other. We had been in a relationship for more than 10 years. Um, there will be a wedding someday, uh, Brian, and I hope you'll be there. What do you make of Donald Trump? There are so many things uh, that are said about the president right now. Um, and so much thinking, and honestly, I, I try not to think about it. Uh, there's so much chaos and there are so many uh, aggressive and offensive things said. <laughs> I think even his supporters would, would grant that. Um, but I think he's actually quite simple to understand. Uh, Donald Trump strikes me like nothing so much as a man who has never really known a love that he hasn't had to pay for. And so everything that he does is informed by his actionism. I think, and what he is actually looking for uh, is simply for people to like him. Unfortunately, that produces a lot of negative effects. Do you believe he is a threat to national security? I mean, this is the, a question of who defines national security. Um, what is national security? When we used to talk about national security, we, we thought about uh, public safety, but now national security uh, really means the security of the, the system itself, uh, the institution of government. And I think he's made it his stated goal uh, to change the way that system works. Um, I think we have seen uh, tremendous harm done to civil liberties in the United States uh, increasingly since September 11th, and I haven't seen any uh, reduction in the rate of that. We have several important jobs uh, vacant in this country, including Director of National Security, National Security Advisor. Is that a threat to our security? <laughs> I think it really says something uh, about where we are, uh, what this point in our history uh, looks like. When we find that there are not enough people in the country that are willing uh, to serve in the White House and, and qualified to serve in the White House, uh, who all sides of the government uh, feel comfortable working with and who they can back, uh, we are in a time that is increasingly fractured. And I think that's a product of the fact that, look, if you, if you look around at the world right now, when you look at news, when you look at news coverage, when you look at every controversy that we see, um, something has changed. Uh, and that is that it has become increasingly popular for your feelings to matter more than the facts. And I think that's toxic to a democracy. One thing that we have to have uh, to be able to have this discussion, to be able to learn to live with people that we disagree with, 
We can't have a conversation about what we should do. We can't have a conversation about uh, where we are going if we can't agree on where we are, if we can't agree on what is happening. Facts have to matter more than feelings. You've said your greatest fear uh, over what you did was that things would not change. Have things changed? Would you do it again today knowing what you know now? Uh, this is a significant portion of the, the final chapter uh, of my book. Um, things have changed and I would do it again. Uh, I would hope that I could have come forward sooner. It took me so long just to understand what was happening. Uh, and it took so long uh, to realize that nobody else uh, was going to fix this. Um, <laughs> believe me when I say, um, I did not want to light a match and, and, and burn my life to the ground. No one does. Um, nobody really wants to be a, a whistleblower. But the results of that uh, have been staggering. I thought this was going to be a two-day story. I thought everybody was going to forget about this uh, a week after um, the journalists ran the first stories in 2013. But here we are in 2019 and we're still talking about it. In fact, uh, data security, surveillance, the internet, uh, manipulation and influence uh, that's provided or produced rather by uh, corporate or governmental control of uh, this permanent record of all of our private lives that's being created every day by the devices that we have. Um, before 2013, if you said there's a system that's watching everything you do, the government is collecting records of every phone call in the United States, uh, even for those people who are not suspected of any crime, it was a conspiracy. Yes, there were some people who believed it was happening. Yes, there were academics who could say this was technically possible. Yes, there were technologists who could, could, went, uh, this is something that could be done. Um, but what we didn't have is we, the world of 2013, we suspected, some suspected that this was happening. The world after 2013, we know that it's happening. And this is the critical importance of journalism, particularly in this moment that we have today. The distance between speculation and fact is everything in a democracy because that's what lets us, as we did post 2013, change our laws. Now, the very first program that was real to newspapers uh, has since been terminated. Barack Obama, who criticized me so strongly in June of 2013, by January of 2014 was proposing that this program be ended. Eventually it was ended under the USA Freedom Act. Uh, the uh, NSA argued that many bulk collection, as they, they call it, um, they said 15 different judges. What they didn't tell us was that those 15 judges all belonged to FISA court, uh, that over 33,900 times by the government to approve surveillance requests. And no, in 33 years times. Now this was a court that was never designed interpret the constitution, right? It was never designed to create a novel power. It was just designed to stand warrants. Um, now we know what has changed. The very first open court outside of these secret rubber stamp courts that got uh, this case in front of them, uh, it was Judge Leon uh, in a federal court appeals, uh, said that the NSA 
activities were violating even the very loose of the Patriot Act. They broke the law. He further said these programs are likely constitutional. Uh, and this would not have happened uh, if we couldn't say this is real. And I, I just want to make clear that that's not me saying that. That's not speculation. Determination of the Supreme Court just a few months before uh, in a famous versus 2013 or, or December of 2012, um, all the way to the Supreme Court, authorities were being challenged. Uh, the plaintiffs said the government has a mass surveillance program, active human rights organization. They have been spied on in secret by the government. The government said that, but if it's happening, we will neither confirm nor deny that it's happening. Uh, it is a state secret, and because to prove it, the court should be forbidden uh, from ruling on the Constitution. And sadly, the Supreme Court of the United States agreed. They said this program could be unconstitutional. That's what 2013 changed. On the legal side, um, we have now had the GDPR. We have had the first European regulations uh, that are trying to um, limit the amount collected secretly and used against populations broadly. Uh, the basic structure of the internet itself change in response to this. That uh, the network path all of our communications cross. When you request a website, when you send a text message, when you read an email, uh, for so long, those communications have been electronically naked or unencrypted. Before half the world's internet communications were unencrypted. Now, far more than half are measured by just web traffic from one of the world's leading browsers, uh, the Google Chrome browser. Uh, some figures showed it more than 80%. Um, the entire world has changed uh, in the last few years. It hasn't gone far still exist, uh, and in some ways they've gotten worse. But we have made progress that would not have been possible if we didn't know what was going on. Related question, today can the government do uh, to your phone and your laptop, the phone and laptop of any American, um, what's the extent of the government's reach if they're determined to reach into your life? <laughs> uh, we could talk about this question. <laughs> Brian, but we don't have time, so I'll, I'll try to summarize. Um, hacking uh, has increasingly become uh, what governments consider a legitimate tool. They use the same methods and techniques as criminal hackers. And what this means is they will try to remotely take over your device. Once they do this, um, by detecting a vulnerability in, in the software that your uh, device runs, such as Apple's iOS or Microsoft Windows, they can craft a special kind of attack code called an exploit. They then launch this exploit at the vulnerability on your device, which allows them to take total control of that device. Anything you can do on that device, uh, the attacker, in this case the government, can do. They can read your email, they can collect every document, they can they can turn the location services on. Then anything that is on that instantly and send it back home to the mothership. They can do the same with laptops. The other prong that we forget so frequently 
is that in many cases they are devices. They can simply for a copy of our email box because Google saves a copy of that. Everything that you ever typed into that search box, Google has a copy of. Every private message that you've sent on Facebook, every link that you've clicked, everything, they keep a permanent record of. Uh, and all of these things are available not just to these companies, but to our governments as they are increasingly deputized arms of government. What about enabling your microphone camera? If you can do it, they can do it. It's trivial uh, to remotely turn on your microphone or to, to activate your camera. So long as you have systems level access, if you had hacked someone's device remotely, anything they can do, you can do. Uh, they can look up your nose, right? They can record what's in the room. The screen may be off as it's sitting on your desk. Uh, it's talking all of the time. The question we have to ask is who is it talking to? Even if your phone, right now, you look at it, it's just sitting there on the charger. Um, it is talking tens or hundreds or thousands of times a minute to any number of different companies uh, who have apps installed on your phone. It's off, it looks like it's just sitting there, but it is constantly chattering. And unfortunately, like pollution, uh, we have not created the necessary for ordinary people to be able to see this activity. And it is the invisibility of it that makes it so popular and common uh, and attractive for these companies. They do not realize they're collecting this data from you, this very private and personal data. You're going to object to it. What about its ability to track owner? And talk to me specifically of Jamal uh, so in the case of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, this is a Washington Post reporter uh, and a primary critic of the Saudi regime. Um, is lured um, into the summit uh, in Istanbul in, in Turkey. Uh, and while his fiance waited outside uh, for him to get the paperwork he needed in order to marry her, he was murdered by the Saudi government, allegedly on the orders of the Crown. Um, now, we have to ask ourselves, how did the Saudi government decide that he was worth killing? How did they decide when and how they would kill him? How did they know this opportunity was going to arise? How did they know what his plans and intentions were that they needed to stop from their perspective? We don't have evidence. His phone personally was hacked, unfortunately, because we do not have his phone. But we do have the phones of his friends who were living in exile in Canada. And we do know, thanks to the research of the lab uh, affiliated with the you know, their phones were hacked, which means their conversations with Jamal Khashoggi were intercepted. And this regime to know that he was intending to create an electronic protest movement. They didn't, uh, from uh, his friend's phone or even from his phone, uh, that he was traveling to the consulate because he had to make an appointment. But it did tell them uh, his intentions, his hopes and dreams for a different government for their country. And perhaps, although we do not 
On that basis, they decided to murder him. In their hands is not simply, it is your future. Also to remember, how did the government of Saudi Arabia manage to hack these people's phones, which are modern phones? Well, they didn't have this capability in their government. They didn't have intelligence capability available to them directly. So they purchased it from a digital arms company called the NSO Group, an Israeli company. Thing they do is manufacture uh, digital weapons, a uh, kind of hacking tool be used against the critical infrastructure that all of us rely on, the phones in our pockets. Uh, they primarily target devices such as the Apple iPhone. And they sell this capability to break into phones of people around the world for millions and millions of dollars to some of the worst governments on earth. And the only meaningful oversight that they have, unfortunately, because the ex Control laws for these kind of digital weapons weak in Israel uh, is their own internal ethics board that says, oh, it was fine. Uh, we didn't break any rules. That has to change. What about the public attitude um, uh, held by millions of everyday Americans? Um, all I've got uh, is pictures of my family, uh, TV cameras that are prevalent in a ton of American cities and overseas capitals. Uh, those uh, what the average Chinese citizen uh, believed or perhaps even still believes. But we same technologies are being applied called the social credit system. Um, if any of these family photos, if any of your activities or purchases, if your associations, if you are in any way different from what the government or the powers that be of the moment uh, would like, uh, you're no longer able to purchase train tickets. You're no longer able to board an airplane. You may not be able to get a passport. You may not be eligible for a job. You might not be able to work for the government. Uh, all of these things being created and
someone has to on the backs of these records. What they are selling is not information. What they're selling is us. They're selling our future. They're selling our past. They are selling our history, our identity. And ultimately, they are stealing our power and making our stories work for them. What devices do you use in your life now? And have you um, accepted the notion that you are watched rather constantly? <laughs> well, probably the world is definitely uh, targeting me and trying to learn anything they can, uh, just as they did with Jamal Khashoggi, uh, in regards to what are my plans and intentions. Um, I try not to make that easy for them. Uh, if I get a smartphone and I need to use a phone, uh, I actually open it up before I use it. I, I perform a kind of surgery on it to physically desolder uh, or, or sort of melt uh, the metal connections that hold the microphone on the phone. And I physically take this off. I remove the camera for the phone and then I close it back up. I seal it up. And then if I need to make a phone call, I will attach an external microphone on it. And this is just so... Um, if the phone is sitting there and I'm not making a call, it cannot hear me. Now, this is extreme. Most people do not need this. But for me, it's about being able to trust our technology. My phone could still be hacked. My laptop could still be hacked. And just as I told you before, the same principles apply to me. If it is hacked, they can do anything to the device that I can do. Uh, so my trust in technology is limited. But just because that's how it is today doesn't mean that's how it has to be. Uh, and a large majority of my work with the Freedom of the Press Foundation, where I serve as president of the board, uh, is dedicated to trying to make technology more secure, to try to create programs and protocols by which we can make uh, the communications of sources and journalists uh, more confidential, because if we lose the confidentiality between sources and journalists, we lose access to those essential facts that let us understand what's happening in the world. And unfortunately, under this White House, just like under the prior White House, uh, we see the sources of very important stories that have advanced the public interest uh, facing retaliation um, from a very angry government. I believe it's in the first half of the book, and I'm paraphrasing, you come out and just say the computer guy knows everything, or at least he should. Um, what part computer guy are you, were you, and what part trained spy? <laughs> well, for the vast majority of my career, um, I was what was called uh, a systems engineer or a systems administrator. Uh, an administrator sort of maintains and expands a system um, that they have inherited uh, and a systems engineer uh, sort of develops new projects, uh, new capabilities for, for these systems roles. Uh, what this means in short uh, was that all of the systems, the NSA and the CIA uh, that I was put in charge of, I had total access to. Um, and this is just uh, what happens with a systems administrator. When you think about a computer system, who gives someone else access? Well, someone has to be the original authority that has access to everything. Um, that was me. And so I would say the uh, computer guy knows everything. Um, that's not a boast. That's simply the way these systems are designed. That's the way they're structured. Um, and this is very much uh, a vulnerability because it means that you have to trust 
uh, this this uh, administrator will work to the good of the users. Um, but what happens when the people using that network, the people constructing that network, are going against uh, the benefit of the broader society? And this put me in a very interesting um, kind of conflicted position. Uh, I could do what the NSA wanted me to do, or I could do what the Constitution of the United States, the, the public of the United States, uh, needed me to do. Um, which was report that my agency had broken the law. Do you regard yourself as a journalist these days? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I have tremendous respect for journalists, but I try to keep uh, a distance, particularly in this moment where so much of journalism is coming under attack, uh, because the government has a tremendous incentive uh, to discredit me, to, to make people distrust me. Um, and so if I hold myself out, if I start reporting stories, if I start talking to sources, uh, if I try to start um, advancing uh, what the public knows on, on a personal level, um, my reputation could, could sort of poison the well. Uh, instead, I keep a distinction. What I do is I try to aid the work of journalism, uh, but I'm not myself a journalist. Your book is highly personal. Um, tell us about the price your then girlfriend, now wife, paid for your actions and how you feel she was misportrayed in the eyes of the world when we got that first kind of thumbnail sketch of who she was. So in the wake of um, the revelations of mass surveillance in 2013, uh, this was suddenly uh, the world's biggest story. In every country, they were talking about the same thing. And unfortunately, that meant that everyone who was connected to me in some way, they were also talking about because they were trying to uh, say who I was, uh, where I came from. Um, and this unfortunately meant that uh, Lindsay, uh, my lifelong partner, um, was intensely investigated, both by the FBI in the United States. Uh, she didn't know what I was doing. I could not tell her what I was doing. Um, because if I had, uh, they would have said she was an accessory to the crime. Um, they would have said uh, she was part of a criminal conspiracy, so long as she didn't immediately pick up the phone and say, help, help, someone's talking to a journalist. Um, and so this meant that I couldn't tell her. She learned about what was going to happen um, the same way everybody else did, or rather what is happening, uh, the same way everybody else did. She saw me on TV, which probably makes me the worst boyfriend in the history of the United States. But she stuck by me, uh, and we are reunited and, and together today. Um, and I will never be able to repay her uh, for the faith that she's shown me. But the media uh, had a tremendous amount of salacious reporting. Um, when they realized that she taught pole, pole fitness uh, classes, which are po quite popular for women these days, uh, they called her a stripper even though she's never been one, um, even though she's a poet, uh, even though she's a photographer, uh, they sexualized her, they focused on her body, they focused on her image, um, because that's what got attention. Uh, she's a much more complex and deep figure than the media ever gave her credit for. Uh, she is more brave um, than anyone can possibly understand. Uh, and she's more political and intelligent um, than any of these reporters uh, at the time could appreciate. Uh, her politics, in fact, influenced mine. Uh, <laughs> and I'd like to think I learned as much from her, or perhaps even more, uh, than she ever learned from me. 
you paint a portrait of uh, what some of us knew, and that was that you were a thoroughly American kid in your upbringing. Um, you wake up every day in Russia. You go to sleep every night in Russia. Um, are you actively seeking to get out? Are you, as has been reported, looking for asylum elsewhere? Well, this is not an actively seeking. This is not a new thing. I mean, this is important history, uh, especially for those people who don't like me, um, for those people who doubt me, who have heard terrible things about me. It was never my intention to end up in Russia. Uh, I was going to Latin America, and my final destination was hopefully going to be Ecuador. When the United States government heard um, that I had left Hong Kong, where I met the journalists, uh, they canceled my passport. They gave press conferences about it, which meant I wasn't allowed to board my ongoing flight, which was going to take me uh, to Latin America. Rather than applying for Russian asylum, rather than saying, I'll play ball with any Russian intelligence service, just please protect me. I said, no, I will not cooperate with the Russian government or any government. Instead, what I did as I was trapped for 40 days in an airport. I don't know what your longest layover is, but uh, 40 days was a, was a tough stint. I applied for asylum in 27 different countries around the world, traditional US allies, places like France and Germany, places like Norway, uh, that I felt the US government um, and the American public could be comfortable that was fine for a whistleblower being. And yet every time uh, one of these governments got close to opening their doors, uh, the phone would ring and they're in their foreign ministries. And on the other end of the line would be a very senior American official. Uh, it was one of two people, then Secretary of State John Kerry, uh, or then Vice President Joe Biden. Um, and they would say, look, we don't care what the law is. We don't care if you can do this or not. We understand that protecting whistleblowers and granting asylum is a matter of human rights. And you could do this if you want to. But if you protect this man, if you let this guy out of Russia, there will be consequences. We're not going to say what they're, uh, what they're going to be, uh, but there will be a response. I continue to this day uh, to say, look, um, if the United States government, if these countries uh, are willing to open the door, that is not a hostile act. That is the act of, the friend, of a friend. If anything, if the United States government is so concerned about Russia, right, shouldn't they be happy for me to leave? And yet we see they're trying so hard to prevent me from leaving. I would ask you, why is that? I'm guessing Joe Biden is not your candidate for 2020. <laughs> Actually, I don't take a position on the 2020 race. Um, look, it's a difficult position uh, being in the executive branch. It's a difficult position uh, being in power and you have to make unpopular decisions. Um, I would like to think having seen now in 2019 that all of the allegations against me did not come true. Uh, national security was not harmed as a result of these disclosures, uh, but they did win the Pulitzer Prize for public uh, service journalism. Um, the laws were changed as a result. The courts said these programs were unconstitutional. Uh, we live in a safer and more secure world because the internet is safer and more secure as a result of understanding these common vulnerabilities, which not just US intelligence agencies were exploiting, but our adversaries were exploiting. When we close these holes, uh, we do not become more vulnerable, we become more secure. In 2013, it's fair to say, 
some of these officials, some of these candidates can go, oh, the intelligence services are saying this guy's dangerous. They're saying this is a risk. They're saying this shouldn't have happened. In 2019, we can see that no evidence has ever been presented uh, that the public understanding mass surveillance is real, uh, has caused any kind of harm whatsoever. No one has died. No terrorist attacks have uh, succeeded because we knew about this stuff. These programs work regardless of whether or not you know about them. Um, but we have seen the public benefits uh, substantiated year after year after year. Uh, and so I'd like to think these people would reevaluate their position. You know, there are government officials who would push back very strong on your assertion that national security was not harmed. You, you chose not to stop with your revelations at what was being done to Americans, and you got into America and its allies and perceived enemies. When we're looking at... Uh the reports that were published in 2013. It's important to understand, I never published a single story. Uh, the number of documents uh, that I revealed uh, is zero. What I did was I collected an archive of material showing criminality or unethical or unconstitutional behavior on the part of the United States uh, government. I provided this archive to journalists uh, who were required as a condition of access to this material, um, not to publish any story because it's interesting. They could publish no story simply because it's newsworthy. They were only allowed, uh, as so far as the agreement went, to publish stories that they were willing to stand up and say were in the public interest to know. Uh, and this is not some crazy fly-by-night organization. These are newspapers uh, like the Washington Post, like the New York Times, like the Guardian. Um, and in every case, this process was followed. Now as an extraordinary check on top of this, uh, in case I went too far in case I collected a, a document that was too hot, uh, or I misunderstood things, or the, jur the journalists misunderstood things. The journalists uh, were further required to go to the government and advance a publication, and they were required to do this at my request and warn the government, this is the story that we're gonna run. This is what it's about. This is what we're gonna say. So the government could argue against it to create an adversarial check on what the journalists and I were trying to do, to reconstruct the system of checks and balances in the United States uh, that had itself failed in the government. And in all, because that process was followed so scrupulously, that's why I am so confident that no harm happened, no harm occurred. Now, if there are those in the government that say harm took place, if there are those in the government who say people have died, I ask you this, why haven't they proved it? You know better than anyone, Brian, uh, that these government officials are more than happy to pick up a phone and make a leak to the New York Times every day of the week. Uh, if they had some evidence that somebody was hurt, if they had evidence that a terrorist attack got through because of this journalism, it would be on the front page of every newspaper in the world. And despite six years of history, that's never happened. Describe your life today. What is every day like? How are you supporting yourself? And, uh, and as, as a simple equation, if the Russians have reached so effectively into our lives and our electoral systems, they must be all over your life. <laughs> 
So that was several different questions. Um, but yeah, I'm sure the Russian government is trying to spy on me. I'm sure the United States government is trying to spy on me. Everyone's trying to spy on me. Um, the thing is, I don't cooperate with them. Um, my allegiance is to my country. My allegiance is to my constitution. Um, now, in my terms of my daily life, uh, it, it's actually pretty ordinary, uh, which is to say it's not so interesting. I've always been something of an indoor cat, right? I'm, I'm not going to nightclubs and, and partying. Uh, my life since I was a child has always been mediated by a screen. Um, that's by choice. So not much actually changes in my day to day, whether I'm living in New York or Berlin or Moscow. Um, in terms of my work, which a lot of people are curious about, uh, this I think is a polite way of uh, people asking, do you work for the Russian government? Do you accept money from the Russian government? You know, Are you living in Russian government housing? Are you in a bunker? Are there guards? And of course the answer to all of these is, is no, no I'm not. Uh, what I do for a living um, is speak professionally and, and now I'm actually an author. Uh, I have a speakers bureau, it's called the American Program Bureau. Uh, and you can call them and you can book a, a public event. I, I speak at universities, I speak at uh, corporate events, I speak at cybersecurity conferences to talk to people about what is happening on the internet. What is the future of surveillance and how can we protect ourselves? I'm very fortunate to have had uh, that opportunity and it's meant that I've had a, a quite comfortable life in, in quite a difficult position. Um, the former White House aide, H.R. Haldeman, left us with an expression uh, for the ages. And when he said, uh, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, for Americans who feel that that uh, this is just a, a behemoth, that they could, there's no way they could have any control over it for Americans who long ago decided we're just going to have to live with this surveillance how could it possibly be receded or rescinded or stopped? We can stop a program. Um, we can thwart an attack. Uh, we can make a device more secure. Uh, but as you imply, um, the system is still there. Uh, the institutions and agencies and companies that produced these attacks, uh, that are creating new methods of spying every day, uh, will still be there. The fundamental change, not just in the United States, but around the world that has to happen, is we have to stop thinking about the limitations um, on how data is used as data protection regulations. Uh, right now, when we talk about what Google and Facebook are doing, right now, when we talk about what the NSA is doing, right now, when we talk about uh, what rival governments are doing, what the Russians are doing, what the Chinese are doing, what the North Koreans and the Iranians are doing, um, we're constantly thinking about, all right, this data has been collected and these companies have it. How do we regulate their use? Regulating the use is a mistake. We should do that, but that's the wrong focus. It is the collection of data that is the problem. When you start trying to regulate uh, use, you're going, the collection has already happened. The collection was already legal. Uh, one of the fundamental flaws in US privacy uh, legislation is the fact that we are one of the only advanced democracies in the world that does not have any basic privacy law whatsoever. We have the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, uh, which is the reason that I came forward. But that restricts what the federal government can do. That restricts what the state governments can do. It doesn't restrict what companies can do. And as you know, 
As everybody knows, these companies are playing a bigger and bigger. We have to say all of these records that they're creating about all of us, all this control that they're developing from these surveillance programs, whether they're saying they're doing it for targeting advertisements or whether they're doing it for targeting killings, um, these records belong to the people that they are about, not to the companies. And this is a fundamental change that we have never discussed in a meaningful way, uh, broadly and publicly, but we have to, because all of these governments have said, you know, uh, the, the mass surveillance system, why do we have it? Why is it useful? They say, because of terrorism. They say it's saving lives. They say it's preventing attacks. But no less than Barack Obama, in response to the 2013 revelations, uh, created two independent commissions to investigate exactly the answer to that question. Were these programs effective in stopping terrorist attacks? Uh, did these revelations cause harm to national security? Uh, it was called the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board uh, and the President's Review Group on Intelligence and Communications Technologies. Uh, and despite having uh, an enormous budget, despite having complete access to classified information, despite the fact that they interviewed the heads of the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, uh, you know, the full alphabet soup, um, they found in the government's own words, uh, the kind of mass surveillance uh, that's represented by uh, this bulk collection program where the NSA was secretly collecting the phone records of every American and everybody else around the world every day under an authority provided by a secret court order that nobody even knew existed, um, that program had never made, their own words, a concrete difference in a single counterterrorism investigation. Think about that. More than 10 years of operation in secret never made a single concrete difference. These programs, mass surveillance, is not about public safety. It is not about terrorism. It is about power. It is about economic espionage. It is about diplomatic manipulation. And it is about social influence. It is about understanding the actions of everyone in the world as carefully as they can, no matter who they are, no matter how innocent their life. Final question has to do with the Fourth Amendment. We have it today because Mr. Adams and others wanted to keep the British out of their homes and their horse carriages. What would Mr. Adams and the founders make of the reach of the government, in your view, into our lives, given its humble beginnings? I think if any of the founders of this country looked around today, they would be shocked by the kind of rhetoric they hear, and they would be shocked by the kind of activities of government they see. If you read the Bill of Rights, uh, something that struck me when I was writing about it in, in this book, um, was that fully half of the first 10 amendments are explicitly making the work of government harder. They're making life for law enforcement officials harder. And all of the founding fathers thought that was a good idea because they recognized the more efficient a government is, the more dangerous it is. We want a government always that is not too efficient. We want a government always that is just efficient enough because government holds extraordinary power in our lives. We want government always to be using their powers in a way that is only necessary and proportionate 
to the threat presented by whoever it is that they're investigating. When the government is getting by by the skin of their teeth, the people are free, right? The government should be afraid of the people. People shouldn't be afraid of the government. One of the ironies uh, about the founding fathers for uh, those who are skeptical of me, which is fair. Again, I don't want you to trust me. I want you to doubt me. I want you to question me, but I want you to look at the facts. I want you to look beyond how you feel in the moment and see what these stories said in 2013. See that the courts of the United States, where I'm being charged as a criminal, said that the government itself was engaged in criminal activity. Uh, look at these things and then remember the people who founded this country were called traitors. The signing, the writing of the Declaration of Independence was an outrageous act of treason. It was criminal, but it was also right. The question of whether or not I broke the law is less difficult and less interesting than whether you think what I did was right or wrong. What is legal is not always the same as what is moral. Final prediction, then we'll let you go uh, nightclubbing. Um, and that is, uh, do you predict, <laughs> do you predict you will at some point live out your life and die in the United States? Uh, I think I will return. Um, when we look at the kind of things that were being said about me in 2013, uh, the kind of hostility I faced, the kind of accusations I faced from the most senior officials in government, and we look at the world today, Yes, there are many still who don't like me, but far, far fewer, because we have seen that all of the harms that they alleged over the course of these years never came to pass. They were never substantiated because they don't exist. But the benefits are becoming more clear with each passing year. The question that I think people have to answer, whether you like me as a person or not, right? Um, whether you agree with how I did what I did, whether you agree with the work of the journalists who decided what the public should know in order to cast their votes. Today, you know, the government broke the law. Today, you know, the United States government had broken that violated the constitution and the rights of people in this country and around the world. Would you rather not know? Thank you. As Snowden, thank you very much. Good luck with the book. It's my pleasure, Brian. Thank you for having me. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC on YouTube. If you wanna keep up to date with the videos we're putting out, you can click subscribe just below me or click over on this list to see lots of other great videos. So Ed Snowden, um, a lot of people in this country are probably curious, when was the last time you had substantive discussions about coming home to the United States and would this still be your preference? Do you still refer to it as home? Uh, the United States will always be my home, um, and I'll always be willing not to come back uh, on a single condition. And I've, I've been quite clear about this over the years. Uh, this is that the government uh, guarantee that I have the right, and every whistleblower has the right, to tell the jury why they did what they did. Right? We can disagree uh, about whether this was right or wrong. We can disagree about whether this is good or bad. We can disagree about whether this is legal or illegal. That's right and proper in a democracy, but we have to agree that the jury 
is supposed to be the proper authority to ultimately decide was this right or wrong. And I hate to say it, but under current laws, um, that is explicitly forbidden uh, under the Espionage Act, which, as you know, it's increasingly been used against the sources of journalism instead of foreign spies. Uh, the law makes no distinction between someone who uh, tells a secret to a journalist uh, and someone who tells a secret to a foreign government. Uh, and and so uh, yeah, there have not there has not been any movement, unfortunately, on that conversation since the Obama administration when uh, I told um, the the government that uh, all they need to do is give me the right of what we call a public interest defense. Uh, this is a fair trial, an open trial where the jury hears what is happening and they decide was this justified or not. Um, and un unfortunately, uh, then Attorney General Eric Holder responded and said, uh, we can't promise that. We won't promise that. We will promise not to torture you. Uh, unfortunately, I'd say uh, that's not quite enough. Something you've said repeatedly is that you would expect and you would accept a certain punishment for your actions. What if that package of punishment included working for the home team? What if someone said, help us harden our elections from attack using your skills? Uh, I would volunteer uh, for that instantly. You know, they, they wouldn't even have to pay uh, me for that. Remember, I volunteered to work for the CIA, for the NSA. Um, when I came forward to reveal mass surveillance, which we need to be clear, the courts have found was in fact unlawful on the part of the government. And one court said likely unconstitutional. Um, so I have uh, no objection to helping the government. Uh, I came forward not to burn the NSA down. I came forward to reform it, to help it return to the ideals that we're all supposed to share. Uh, so there will never be a question of when my government is ready, um, when my government wants me to help, I will be there. How has your opinion changed about Mr. Putin since you've been in Russia? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't think uh, it really has changed because uh, the, the question might presume that I had a positive opinion at some point. Um, I think everyone would agree, probably including the Russian president himself, uh, that he is an authoritarian leader. Uh, I think the Russian government broadly does not have a good record on, on human rights. Um, and that hasn't changed. How odd is it to you that while you've been there, consensus here has hardened that they are the actors who interfered in our last presidential election? I don't think that's especially surprising. Um, there was a story published in the uh, New York Times actually reporting on a study uh, in February of 2018 uh, and it was also done in the uh, Washington Post uh, a few months prior to that about the record of electoral interference. Um, and they looked at the history of uh, Russia and the Soviet Union and electoral interference by intelligence agencies. Uh, and they found, I think, 36 different cases uh, of electoral interference over roughly the past 50 years. But then they also looked at the United States intelligence services and found that we had interfered in foreign elections at 81 different times. Um, now, this is not to say one is better than the other. It's, it's not about that. It's about budget, it's about capability. Um, but we do what we do see from this is that what happened in 2016 actually was not unusual from the perspective of intelligence agencies. 
This is what they believe are they are hired to do. Uh, what we have to do is find out how to secure our systems against the attacks that we know are inevitable. Something you've been asked before, something you have answered before, but since the occasion, we'll, we'll ask it again. Why not stay in this country and face the music if you believed in the strength of your conviction? Uh, this is a great question, Brian, and I'm, I'm glad you asked it. Uh, when we say face the music, the question is, well, what song are they playing? Uh, I was intentionally charged, uh, as every major whistleblower in the last decades has been, um, with a very particular uh, crime. Um, this is a violation of the Espionage Act of 1917. Um, and, and this is a law uh, that is explicitly designed to prohibit a meaningful defense in court. Uh, this is applied, or this law is used uh, against people whose the only thing that they've done, and this is by the government's own terms, uh, the only thing the government accuses people uh, defending themselves against this charge uh, have done uh, is that they have told something to a journalist that the government considers classified. That is the whole of the crime. Um, they don't consider whether it was good or bad. They don't consider whether or not it caused harm. Simply, did you tell something classified to a journalist? If you did, uh, the jury is not allowed to consider. In fact, they're explicitly forbidden from considering why you told journalists. They're explicitly forbidden from considering, did it result in a public benefit, right? Did it further the public interest? Uh, instead, they simply say, did you tell a journalist something classified? So I am not, uh, if I had stayed in the United States, and my good friend Daniel Ellsberg, by the way, has uh, told me that I was right, uh, not to uh, stand and wait for an inevitable arrest, because the laws and the way they're enforced today is not the same as the 1970s when he came forward with the Pentagon Papers. I would not have uh, received a fair trial. Uh, there would not have been much of a trial at all. Uh, I would only have received a sentencing. And the question there is, um, what message does that send, whether you like me or not? Uh, I could be the best person in the world, I could be the worst. What message does a conviction where you spend the rest of your life in prison for telling journalists things that change the laws of the United States, uh, that have re resulted in the most substantive reforms to intelligence authorities uh, since the 1970s? Uh, if the only result of doing that is a life sentence in prison, the next person who sees something criminal happening in the United States government uh, will be discouraged from coming forward, and I can't be a part of that. Where do your parents come down on what you did? In the book, we learn a lot more than we knew about them. They were both, uh, we say this in quotes, deep staters. We learned that they both had varying degrees of security <laughs> clearances in their lives. Uh, yeah, I come from a, a federal family. Uh, my father worked for the military. My mother works for the courts. Uh, my whole line uh, going back has uh, worked in the, in the government service. Um, so I think this was difficult for them. Um, and in fact, one of the things that I will be eternally grateful for uh, is the fact that they still stand by me today um, and believe that I did the right thing. Were they present for your wedding? You've gone and gotten married in the years since we've last spoken. <laughs> uh, there hasn't been a wedding um, yet, actually. Uh, 
we were married, uh, but it was just a paperwork exercise in a courthouse um, because uh, Lindsay and I had been living together. Uh, we had been in love with each other. We had been in a relationship for, for more than 10 years. Um, there will be a wedding someday, uh, Brian, and I hope you'll be there. What do you make of Donald Trump? There are so many things uh, that are said about the president right now. Um, and so much thinking, and honestly, I, I try not to think about it. Uh, there's so much chaos, and there are so many uh, aggressive and offensive things said. Uh, I think even his supporters would, would grant that. Um, but I think he's actually quite simple to understand. Uh, Donald Trump strikes me like nothing so much as a man who has never really known a love that he hasn't had to pay for. And so everything that he does is informed by a kind of transactionalism, I think. And what he is actually looking for uh, is simply for people to like him. Unfortunately, that produces a lot of negative effects. Do you believe he is a threat to national security? I mean, this is the, a question of who defines national security. Um, what is national security? When we used to talk about national security, we, we thought about uh, public safety, but now national security uh, really means the security of the, the system itself, uh, the institution of government. And I think he's made it his stated goal uh, to change the way that system works. Um, I think we have seen uh, tremendous harm done to civil liberties in the United States uh, increasingly since September 11th, and I haven't seen any uh, reduction in the rate of that. We have several important jobs uh, vacant in this country, including Director of National Security, National Security Advisor. Is that a threat to our security? <laughs> I think it really says something uh, about where we are, uh, what this point in our history uh, looks like when we find that there are not enough people in the country that are willing uh, to serve in the White House and, and qualified to serve in the White House, uh, who all sides of the government uh, feel comfortable working with and who they can back. Uh, we are in a time that is increasingly fractured. And I think that's a product of the fact that, look, if, if you look around at the world right now, when you look at news, when you look at news coverage, when you look at every controversy that we see, um, something has changed. Uh, and that is that it has become increasingly popular for your feelings to matter more than the facts. And I think that's toxic to a democracy because if there's one thing that we have to have uh, to be able to have this discussion, to be able to learn to live with people that we disagree with, uh, we can't have a conversation about what we should do. We can't have a conversation about uh, where we are going if we can't agree on where we are, if we can't agree on what is happening, facts have to matter more than feelings. You've said your greatest fear uh, over what you did was that things would not change. Have things changed? Would you do it again today knowing what you know now? Uh, this is a significant portion of the, the final chapter uh, of my book. Um, Things have changed and I would do it again. If I changed anything, uh, I would hope that I could have come forward sooner. 
But it took me so long just to understand what was happening. And it took so long uh, to realize that nobody else uh, was going to fix this. Um, <laughs> believe me when I say um, I did not want to light a match and, and burn my life to the ground. No one does. Um, nobody really wants to be a whistleblower. But the results of that uh, have been staggering. I thought this was going to be a two-day story. I thought everybody was going to forget about this uh, a week after um, the journalists ran the first stories in 2013. But here we are in 2019, and we're still talking about it. In fact, uh, data security, surveillance, the internet, uh, manipulation and influence uh, that's provided or produced rather by uh, corporate or governmental control of uh, this permanent record of all of our private lives that's being created every day by the devices that we have. Um, before 2013, if you said there's a system that's watching everything you do, the government is collecting records of every phone call in the United States, uh, even for those people who are not suspected of any crime, it was a conspiracy. Yes, there were some people who believed it was happening. Yes, there were academics who could say this was technically possible. Yes, there were technologists who went, uh, this is something that could be done. Um, but what we didn't have is we, the world of 2013, we suspected, some suspected that this was happening. The world after 2013, we know that it's happening. And this is the critical importance of journalism, particularly in this moment that we have today. The distance between speculation and fact is everything in a democracy because that's what lets us, as we did post-2013, change our laws. Now, the very first program that was reeled in newspapers uh, has since been terminated. Barack Obama, who criticized me so strongly in June of 2013, by January of 2014 was proposing that this program be ended. Eventually, it was ended under the USA Freedom Act. Uh, the uh, NSA argued that mass surveillance was legal, bulk collection, as they, they call it. Um, and they said 15 different judges authorized this. What they didn't tell us was that those 15 judges all belonged to the rubber stamp FISA court. Uh, that over 33 years had been asked uh, 33,900 times by the government to approve surveillance requests and only said no in 33 years, 11 times. Now, this was a court that was never designed to interpret the Constitution. Right? It was never designed to create uh, novel powers for the intelligence community. It was just designed to stamp basic routine warrants. Um, now we know what has changed. The very first open court outside of these secret rubber stamp courts that got uh, this case in front of them, uh, it was Judge Leon uh, in a federal court um, and then a court of appeals, uh, said that the NSA's mass surveillance activities were violating even the very loose standards of the Patriot Act. They broke the law. He further said these programs are likely unconstitutional. Uh, and this would not have happened if we couldn't say this is real, this is actually happening. And I, I just want to make clear, um, that's not me saying that. That's not speculation. Uh, that was the determination of the Supreme Court just a few months before I came forward. Uh, in a famous case, Amnesty versus Clapper, uh, I, I believe it was in February of 2013 or, or December of 2012, um, all the way to the Supreme Court, these surveillance authorities were being challenged. 
Uh, the plaintiffs said the government has a mass surveillance program. It has impacted uh, this human rights organization. They have been spied on in secret by the government. The government said that may be, but if it's happening, we will neither conform, confirm nor deny that it's happening. Uh, it is a state secret. And because you can't prove it, the court should be forbidden uh, from ruling on the constitutionality of this program. And sadly, the Supreme Court of the United States agreed. They said this program could be unconstitutional, but if you cannot prove it exists, we cannot evaluate it. That's what 2013 changed. On the legal side, um, we have now had the GDPR. We have had the first European regulations uh, that are trying to um, limit the amount of data that can be collected secretly and used against populations broadly. Uh, and we have also seen the basic structure of the internet itself change in response to this understanding that, that uh, the network path that all of our communications cross. When you request a website, when you send a text message, when you read an email, uh, for so long, those communications have been electronically naked or unencrypted. Before 2013, more than half the world's internet communications were unencrypted. Now, far more than half are measured by uh, just web traffic from one of the world's leading browsers, uh, the Google Chrome browser. Uh, some figures showed it more than 80%. Um, the entire world has changed. Uh, in the last few years. It hasn't gone far enough, the problems still exist. Uh, and in some ways they've gotten worse, but we have made progress that would not have been possible if we didn't know what was going on. Related question, what today can the government do uh, to your phone and your laptop? The phone and laptop of any American, um, what's the extent of the government's reach if they're determined to reach into your life? <laughs> Uh, we could talk about this question for hours, <laughs> Brian, but we don't have time, so I'll, I'll try to summarize. Um, hacking uh, has increasingly become uh, what governments consider a legitimate investigative tool. They use the same methods and techniques as criminal hackers. And what this means is they will try to remotely take over your device. Once they do this, um, by detecting a vulnerability in, in the software that your uh, device runs, such as Apple's iOS or Microsoft Windows, they can craft a special kind of attack code called an exploit. They then launch this exploit at the vulnerability on your device, which allows them to take total control of that device. Anything you can do on that device, uh, the attacker, in this case the government, can do. They can read your email, they can collect every document, they can look at your contact book, they can turn the location services on, they can see anything that is on that phone instantly and send it back home to the mothership. They can do the same with laptops. The other prong that we forget so frequently is that in many cases they don't need to hack our devices. They can simply ask Google for a copy of our email box because Google saves a copy of that. Everything that you ever typed into that search box, Google has a copy of. Every private message that you've sent on Facebook, every link that you've clicked, everything that you've liked, they keep a permanent record of. Uh, and all of these things available, not just to these companies, but to our governments as they are increasingly deputized as uh, sort of miniature arms of government.
gleaming off. Is anybody here? Hey, God bless everyone.
How is everyone? I'm doing okay. How are you? Hey, Margaret. It's Christina. It's not Margaret. Margaret. Oh, it sounds like Margaret. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just it's okay. No, Lonnie. I just came on to listen tonight because I, I talked too much last night. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sometimes this line is so like everybody's arguing. Why don't everybody get along and understand that we're all at the same in the same situation, you know? Yeah, no. And um, you know, I I notice that there's what Ryan does is he puts puts it on, but he never is talking. <laughs> you know, what? he was around. And, uh, were you there? He oh, talked to he? us. Oh, ah, yeah, for most of the time. Oh, okay. Okay. At least so what do you think what do you think that's gonna come out of this? You think we're gonna need more judges to say, Hey, yes, this is also somebody I heard two different things. One said they we need two more judges to put the judgment in that this is unconstitutional, which we all know it is. You can't be murdering people and getting away with it, you know. Like I said, they murdered my mother, and it's something I I can't just let go, you know. And uh, it caused me three heart attacks. But other than that, you know, um, then I heard that this judge is going to email all the federal judges in the U.S. and Anybody who comes forward, they will acknowledge that it is unconstitutional, and then we'll be able to go to a civil court from there. Right mm-hmm. now, my concern, my main concern is just getting my health and my my freedom back, and you know, start start there. You know. Um, yeah. Right. It, it just. Could care less than you know what I think about their damn money. Forget it. Just let me have my life back. Two people did this. I know who did this to me. You know, and I think that they should be put down. I really do. And uh, 
you know, the whole thing was is we got in a dispute. And I guess that it was an ex-Marine and his wife that got me put on this list. And that was like mm-hmm. almost 12 years ago. So mm-hmm. I've been through a lot, you know. And then was your my mother. Uh, was your mother a target for then? Or after you became a target, they did it? Well, after did I became a target, she became one. And also, beside that, then they put my aunt on it, too. Oh, so, you know, yeah. like, no matter what it takes, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to be the one that will have to be the one to stand up for my mother because she can't be here, you know. She can't defend herself. They took her life away. And it's, you know, such a wonderful mom and a friend. And, you know, it's just so sad that so many sick people out there. Yes, there is. No matter which way you look at it, it's murder, and they should be charged with murder. Well, I hope the whole thing goes um, goes well yeah. for everybody, to, you know, who wants to pursue Me, it in court. I am moving forward. Like I said, this doctor that I trusted, um, you know, he, uh-huh. he was a professor and a young doctor, like almost 40. And he, you know, I trusted him. So I got, I got rid of my other doctor. And, you know, it was weird because I had all this bloating up and, you know, water in my ankles and in my legs. And I couldn't understand, since I had been put in the hospital, why he wasn't taking out the water through IV, you know. And my, you know, um, my other half said, you know, to him, so why... You know, since she was in the hospital, why didn't you use an IV to get those fluids out, some of those fluids out, you know? Because to me, it Uh looks like congested heart failure. And he said he didn't have no answer for it at all. But now today's day six, and I went out again, and no, nobody following me or harassing me. So there is something up. Whether they're going to do, they're going to just lay off because they know now their jobs are in jeopardy or they're planning something else for us. Oh, wow. You know, which well, I, makes, huh? I haven't known about, I haven't known about your case and that it was ongoing right now. But that does sound effective. I sure hope it goes through. And you're talking about who is the judge who's going to write, write the other judges now? Is this your judge? I said that there's only two ways this could go. It's going to be that two more judges got to, you know, well, people, it takes people to go into court if yeah. that's the case, you know, <clears throat> like yeah. they did. They had 23 people, and they proved that not only this is a watch list, but where there's surveillance in people, but this is, you know, killing people and, and harming their organs, okay? Yeah. So there was that 
situation where other people will have to go in their state and fight this out, you know, with the lawyer, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, or this judge is going to even have each federal judge emailed to, to cut this program out and yeah, whatever people come through in their state to put it on, you know, on their side, because this is definitely in their favor, because this is definitely unconstitutional. Yeah. No, yeah. so I, I just see the cops that have, uh, and firemen too, you know, and uh-huh. doctors, you know, who's ever the higher up involved that I wish they could be like they were 20 years ago or 25 years ago where they treated everybody fair, okay? There was none of this garbage, you know, and, you know, I mean, and anybody that is helping out, they're not ever going to, they're on this list too. (laughs) The ones who are involved in this are all on this list. Their mother, their father, their sister, their brother. As soon as they accepted the offer, that's when they went on the list just as well. And all they're doing is waiting for them to screw up one time. I and think then, right. yeah. Oh no, definitely. And definitely, because because then they. The people that are TIs, those are the ones, you know, us people that are TIs, those are the ones that are going to end up getting awards and getting any uh, charges dropped against them, you know, that was, they were put in illegally, and the ones that are helping them think, oh, you know, we're all good because we're helping the country out. No, you're not helping the country out. You're helping yourself to get locked up in federal prison. And they, last I heard, 25 years. Mm-hmm. So really? they believe me, their mother, their father, their sister, their brothers, or any of their friends mm-hmm. are on this list as well. And they're in worse condition than we are. Well, they will be. So, but I, yeah. that will be. They are. Because they, <laughs> as soon as they accepted that offer to, to accept any type of money or go against any citizen, they committed treason right there. Yeah. And even President Trump said, agreed, that this is treason. And that we're going to get them and we're going to, you know, they're going to go away for a long time. If you're going to love, if you if you love your country, you don't go against your own fellow citizens. No. You know, no. especially innocent people, you know? Exactly. I mean, there's people being murdered for, for being innocent, you know? Crazy. Yeah. Right. A lot of reasons why these people do this, though. Like you said, some think they're doing it for the good of the country. Some are doing it because for money. Because they're told that if they do this, 
they will get a good job. They will, they're saving their country, and they're being lied to. And I say, those, yeah, and those ones, they have one chance, just one, to come forward and say, well, it's this officer that did this, or a person who told me this, I signed up because, I thought I was doing right. Now, those are the ones that us PIs should forgive. Now, if they come forward and it becomes closer that they are telling the truth, and believe me, it will be investigated that they are telling the truth. Oh, I hear you now. Is that Ryan? Listen. I think think we have real... We we still have people around who have courage and who have conviction on truth and, yeah. and principle. And I I think it's just going to take one or two people to come out and speak out, and then others will do it. You know, we have uh, crazy. yeah, yeah, good people in the world. Well, you get your your brain smashed in, and let me see. But you are on the list. Let me guarantee you. You creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Oh, I'll be laughing. I will be laughing when I see you go down and your whole family is on this. Now laugh your ass off about that because you're the big joke. Not us. And you promise whatever they promise you, you're, you're stupid. One. This service is provided by freeconferencecall.com. There are 20 participants in the conference. The recording has started. Muted. You know, yeah. Um, do we know anything? I don't know anything about the occult. And uh, Sovereign Man was talking about the occult and the pledge their children. Do we know any books on that kind of stuff? I don't know anything. I've never looked into it. I've just heard that. I don't know that, you know. Um, yeah. I've never participated, but uh, uh, SRA, Sexual Ritual Abuse. I think if you type that in, it might show, you know, some sources. Uh-huh. Like, you know, SRA, Sexual Sexual ritual abuse. Okay. Or is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I read the whole thing on this judge that put uh-huh. this whole thing that is unconstitutional. And the ones who did go in, the, the 23 people, um, they did also tell them that it does damage, does brain damage, organ damage. I wasn't sure. This was a 32 document, um, you know, order. Okay. So mm-hmm. now I guess it's just, you know, we have to wait and see. You know. Yeah. But I didn't know this until I read the part today 
is that they did say that not only our rights were being uh, broken and taken from us, but it was also damaging, you know, our internals. Yeah. Yeah. So. Were you talking that whole time? Because we got interfered with. There was a. Yeah, I know. You had to press star six. When it says muted, then press star six again. Well, I think it it was. uh, It sounded like Sue Linda talking about something else. So I'm wondering Uh, if Frank's calling. No, we got a perp and we got somebody that's going to be serving 25 years in the federal penitentiary. One of our okay. folks are on. Sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like so illegal. It's pathetic. Yeah. So illegal. I mean, if they're stupid enough to believe somebody and said, hey, this person's in trouble. I want you to watch them. It is against the law to discuss any case. I mean, that's how dumb they are to know that a cop, a judge, a lawyer cannot discuss anybody's case that's going on. If they did, then they would lose their license because it's unconstitutional to share a case with anybody. So you can laugh all you want. But when it comes down, we will get the last laugh. Well, let's just hope it's soon. Yo, oh, soon, sooner is better. Yes, and is. then maybe, maybe they'll be able to get a job at McDonald's. Maybe. <laughs> Only I'm going to go somewhere else if they do. <laughs> Some, you know, yeah. the perps around here. They like to infiltrate some of our fast food places, so um, yeah. I'm not very. <laughs> if anybody ever has experienced that, but um, they like See, to. No matter what, I know that us TIs, <clears throat> the true TIs, make them look like they're lesser than a penny if even a penny, that they're just garbage, complete trash. You don't go against your country or your co-citizens for for nothing, for no reason at all. That's why we got people in the military, is to fight for that. Yeah. Okay? And there it it is. It is totally against the law to discuss anybody's case. So, if this was true, that we were such, this is all lies, and if this was so true, then no official or anybody could discuss a case with you and go tell you, go watch this person. Now, if you do believe that, then you are really way out of it, and you need help, period. And when it comes down to that day when there is a court hearing, 
find all that they do, they're all going to go down unless they come forward and tell the truth. Because either way, as far as I consider it, it, this program's over for all of you. And we will get awards for being good citizens. That's what we will get. And if you're so dumb that you're going to listen to somebody, then, like I said, you need men, you need a psychiatrist, and you need to get on medicine. There is something psychologically deeply wrong with you. That you're being fooled, you'll be you're being fooled to the T, and that's what makes you so dumb. It would kill you to be a real human, huh? Because nobody that does this is human. Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm just I'm just listening. Oh, well, I'm sure he was too. <laughs> Probably. I'm glad because they need to know that the money isn't going to be there no more because Trump, a couple days ago, just announced this to be treason, if they even know what it means. (laughs) What is he calling it? Is is he calling it trafficking? President Trump is saying what is being done to the TIs is treason. And whoever is turned in will will be investigated and will serve up to 25 years in federal penitentiary that because okay. they betrayed their country. <clears throat> That's what Trump is saying. Good. No, well, I've been expecting him to say. Uh-huh. I said I've just been expecting him to say something at the right time, but I don't. I need to check it out because I haven't followed that. I haven't uh-huh. that. Well, I've seen and heard two different things. Uh-huh. I heard, like I said, that that judge in the state of Virginia, that he had um, all the judges in federal courts, because this is the only, that's the only kind of court it could be brought to, is a federal court. Not a, you know, not a regular court, yeah. A municipal can be brought there. Okay. Okay. He has to be brought to a federal court. And each state has got a federal court and um, a municipal court, okay, and a civil Uh court. So this has to go to a federal court because, and see, I have... Lots of proof. I got lots of evidence. Good. I got yeah. enough to go tomorrow and start a case. The thing that um, is happening is 
I want to be able to go with my group of people so we could all, and it makes it more powerful to go with, you know, a crowd, you know. Yeah. Since this judge, what his order was, he was going to order his secretaries to email Mm -hmm. to each federal judge so they all recognize it as treason and unconstitutional. And that the people, he said, the people that are involved in this, along with President Trump, says they will be charged as follows. And one one was um, to discredit us, attempted murder, murder. Um, Let me see, what else did he say? Uh, taking our rights away, mm-hmm. declaration of, like I said, definition of character, and mm-hmm. all along the line. Good. And yet, if anybody comes forward, this judge said that they would be li- willing to listen to them if they turn an important person that he had, you know, kind of. You might as well say hired them. They mm-hmm. might get a break if they don't. If they don't, mm-hmm. you know, people got pictures. People got yeah. videos. They got videos. They got uh, license plates. They got all that. Right. You know, I mean, people here, the, the, the perps have been followed to their home, you know. <laughs> through all kinds of people. Yeah. And I think they're invisible. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's what. That is that really, of the whole that's thing just is right there is showing that mm-hmm. they have no brain at all. <laughs> no brain. And they Lots are, of They are whacked out and... Their turn is coming, well, like I heard in the past. Now, you is know, this, this is, goes around, what comes around goes around. Yep. yep. And um, there's uh-huh. too many organizations. There's a million point seven five of us, but how many is there of them? Okay. And plus, let's, let's speak of all the Christians. Okay? Yeah. There's there's more Christians than there is evil. Okay? And I, I, got, so. I got a radio station that is willing to put it out there and talk to other radio stations so that the word gets out even more. And the rallies are going to keep on going. We're not going to stop. Not until we get what we, what we get, what we deserve. That means our health back, our our uh, our our person back, you know, and all of the above. 
and then we are we are owed big time awards for being good citizenship or being good citizens of saying. Okay. Is this judge in uh did you say he's in Virginia? Mhm. Yes okay. he is. Um I guess uh, his name is Krenga. Okay. Judge Krenga. And he well, has he... contacted every federal judge in the United States that said that he's going to forward the information along with his 32-page decision. Mm -hmm. And once, how would you say, in each state that we all get together and not do this separately, that each person... So, like, for example, if there's 2,000 or 3,000 people or 10,000 people in the state of Wisconsin, then there's that many people in Illinois, and there's that many people in, well, California, that's the highest rate, you know, and everybody goes to their, you know, home hometown, uh, to, to their state, you know, federal courthouse, then mm-hmm. basically, then that judge will follow the order that the other judge made. And that was that these people are going to be put down. So how do you spell his name? Pardon me? How do you spell, how do you spell the judge's name? K-R-E-N-G-A. Okay, thank you. Anthony. Anthony, thank Anthony Crandall, yeah. But and another thing, make sure you stay with these, um, you know, with these talk shows, you know, because there's something new every day. Uh, yeah, I know it. I, I wasn't something on uh, Frank every day. There's so okay. And also. And I don't want to say this in the wrong way, honey, but Mm -hmm. remember, you're doing this for the future children, and also you're doing this for some maybe family that they might have put on and they don't know about it, you know? Yeah. Um, How does your family feel about this? Do they believe you? I try to stay away. I don't live close to my family. So I try to mm-hmm. keep them. I keep them in the dark as much as possible, because I, okay. I you know, I just don't want it. It's easier because I don't live with anyone, you know. Like uh, okay. I'm not married, and uh, my family is somewhere else. So, and well, you're one of the smarter girls. You're not married, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it worked. Out. I was only worked playing out. with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but one um, day. Yeah. You're sure that you'll find the Mr. Right, you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm pushing it now. I've decided. I think God didn't intend for me to be married. I'm already 70. I'm 74. So I figure, uh-huh. you know, I figure, I think I like it best not to be. Although you know really- what the thing is? When you're young, 
is uh-huh. great. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. as you start hitting forty, no, you know, more than forty-five, uh-huh. you want to spend time with somebody because growing old with being alone is not fun. You know. Yeah. Are you married? Are Are you married? Yeah. Twice I was. Yeah. Mhm. Uh-huh. Okay. I got well, yeah. I got kids, but they're big kids. You know, they're they're grown adults. You know, out, and out, a grandchild. Out. And that's why I'm oh, doing yeah. this because um, I look at my granddaughter at her age, and uh-huh. I don't want to see my granddaughter uh-huh. go through any type of torture programs. Or yeah. even children, young, young, you know? Oh, I know it. Yeah. It hurts me to go to the store or anywhere, and I see somebody oh, real want, little. Walmart's worse. Walmart oh, is worse. Well, but when I see a child, I just think, we can't let them grow up in this kind of this kind of world. Environment, right. I didn't grow up in this kind of world. And I don't want... No, I didn't either. I didn't either. People, when I was growing up, like just say from a teenager on, people Uh never, the the younger people never messed with, you know, older people. It was enjoyable. And people partied. They knew how to party. They didn't bother anybody. They just did their own thing. You know, uh, neighbors used to go by neighbors' houses, bring them, you know, Mm -hmm. cake, you know, uh, make them homemade cookies, and, you know, Mm -hmm. it was nice. You know know what? That's because the one that was laughing in the background is a loser. Total loser. If he goes against his own country or a sheep, I don't care what they are, okay? That's a complete loser. And you know how they deport people? Hold on a minute. I got to do something. One second, something my husband, my better half got to do. Make sure that you keep your windows closed at night time. No? Did you hear me? Are you talking to me? Yeah, keep all your windows closed at night time. Yeah. I <laughs> you know. Other, otherwise, they start fumigating from the outside because they're so out of it. So. Uh, this place is like Fort Knox now. I've been targeted for a long time. <laughs> it took a while, how long? but I got it pretty how long? Uh, secure. How well, about? I've been in this house, been in this house about ten years, but I've been targeted since uh, two thousand three. Wow! Serious targeting. And I did little... Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in your same club. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Targeted. They killed my mother. Two thousand sixteen. You know. That's awful. Yeah. I'm so sorry. 
Mm. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, but, um, you know what I'm saying, just, you know, what goes around, or what comes around goes around. Yeah. And they will pay because even if this program, uh, like we all hope, is going to be banned, they'll find another program and they'll have their name and they got their identity. And believe me, they will be the first ones to be put on something. Well, okay? They know, they know too much. That's one thing. Once, uh, no, once, they they don't know enough. They don't understand why they're doing this because no, their education I mean, is below kindergarten. Number well, one, well, they know they know too much about the crime, how the crime is is committed, and what they're some using. Some of them do, and some of them when don't. When they do, okay? I'm, I'm all for it. the truth. Okay, okay, I'm okay. all for the truth. There is some that don't know. And they think that we're just a bunch of people that are lying on this line. You know, mm-hmm. why would we go through having billboards all over the place, sticking up for other people, children, children? Mm-hmm. There was a girl that's a TI friend of mine. I don't mention names. She's seen a little nine-year-old girl, you know, uh, spying on people. And she says, honey, may I ask what you're doing? I'm nine years old. It's sick. They're a bunch of sickos. And I do listen. I only go by the truth. And the truth is not all of them know what they're doing. And that is proof. By me, because I had yeah. three guys that were spotting on me, okay? And they get okay. out of their car, and they go, well, there she is, so what's next, you know? Yeah. See, so they didn't know, and they they really didn't. And they just know that money talk and bullshit walk. But when okay. the money is banned and the machine is destroyed, what do they do next? There was only one thing that could go next. They they got time right now to, they know all the websites that we have, and all they got to do is come forward and say what they have done, and they, they, they did not realize that this was to murder people and to harm people. That they they've got a very short time, less than ninety days. Because we're going to Washington DC next month. Are you going? So they better start yeah, next month. Washington DC next month. Good for you. I'm glad no, you can. Not, some of the groups are going, not my group, you know. Some of the groups yeah. are going. I'm from the Midwest, so uh, I'm not able to do it because I take care of somebody. 
And, um, you know, like I said, you know, some of the groups are going, but those those groups are the very important groups, and they're set, they're going out there to set a hearing uh, for sometime, I think, January. Okay? So they're going yeah. next month, and then in January is when, well, what I think they're they should do is they should ask for what you call a video hearing with each TI. And these guys and girls that are doing this for the money, money isn't worth that. Not a, no amount of money. No. You know, none. No. I wouldn't do it if it was zillions of dollars, zillions of dollars, because that would give out the or take away the person I am. Okay. Right. And that's a yeah. good a good person. Okay. Their money don't mean nothing to me if I don't have my life, my house, you know, and I don't have my country working together as a team as they're supposed to, okay? So I, if I can go, I will go. But I take care of somebody that's 95 years old. Oh. So, you know, and it's hard because they get a little bit on the mean side when they become that age. Because they've lived oh, really? through all kinds of generations. Yeah. So yeah. they're pretty much angry at everything, you know. So <laughs> but the point the point is that if I can go, that citizens justice will move forward and put down every person that doesn't come forward and we will make sure that they get a long term in federal prison, prison, the penitentiary, for a very mm-hmm. long time. They got a little time, but that's it, just a little time. And I only go by what I see that are facts, and the facts come to is that the ones that don't have the knowledge of it, they have time to come forward. And even the ones that do know someone about it, they also need to come forward before they're put in the penitentiary. And it's not going to be no good time or you get out in good time. You went against your country. This is is worse than murder. You know? I mean, that's how I look at it. And And even the president says, this is treason, and we're going to find out who you are. It's a, because it's about they're going to Huh? I just said it's about well, time. Somebody yeah, said that. Maybe. Yeah, well, he said that we're going to find out, and I forgot which it was, was one of the senators um, or the secretaries um, of the United States that mm-hmm. we are going to investigate 
every police department and every fire fire department and every hospital and every doctor. Hmm. Well, I haven't heard all that. I've got to I got to catch up on that. Well, I'm I do a lot of my research on YouTube, and these are different organizations. You know, we all we're all together. You know, you know that, and. Uh, you know, there's different ones, and and then the doctors that are also that are TIs. You know, that yeah, they're That's doing true. research too. You know, yeah. So no matter how long that these uh, these damn perps have gotten away with it, well, mm-hmm. let me just if they're on here, let me just say nothing lasts forever. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And you know what? Like the old saying is money talks and bullshit walks. Well, guess what? There's not enough money in this world to take the good people away. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. money, Satan, and money... And Satan, they all come together. And, and they're all going to go. Evil person, yep. And if you don't love your country, nobody's stopping you from leaving. You follow the That's Constitution <laughs> yeah. or you go. Period. I like you know? that. I mean, yeah. everybody, including the police, any official, it's got the same constitution we have. Yeah. So if they're going against it, well, I'm sure the right people will find out who they are. Mm-hmm. But see, because he's already knocked out 90% of that. So 90% of the funds is already gone. They only got 10% more left, you know? Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. See, I do believe, from what I heard, I mean, don't, you know, put I'm not putting it in the ground, but I believe what I heard was that the deep state is the one that is a big part, had been a big part of this. Mm-hmm. President Trump took that money away, Okay. So, you know, I'm sorry that you've been through this a long time. You know, I have two. Oh, yeah. I had three heart attacks, girlfriend. Oh, bless your three. heart. Three. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it needs a blessing. Well, the last time, as I walked in the emergency room, I was almost gone. I oh. I barely hit a heartbeat. And uh, well. they, I go, am I going to be admitted? They go, mm-hmm. no, you're going to ICU for emergency surgery. Your heart is uh-huh. barely beating, you know. And they think mm-hmm. this is funny. Well, you know what? Like I said, it'll be their mother or their father or their family because they're too ignorant to know what the Constitution really means. 
And if they love their mother and their father, believe me, they don't want them on this program or any Mm -hmm. other program. You know, but anyways, like, I do a lot of praying for all TIs, you know, on a daily daily basis, you know. Good for you. I think that's the most important thing. Because he's God's in charge of it. God is um, is is the one who has the ultimate answer. And eventually, I believe that all of this evil is going to go where it needs to go. Down. Well, I told you next month. There's a rally that is going to be some. I don't know what the date is. Okay. Uh I'm just being Uh honest with you, but. I did tell, it is happening, they got their permit, and that's when they're going to go full force to get a hearing started in the federal court along with the um, the other court, um, the Supreme Court, okay? Okay, that's good. So, you know... Once we get to that, what I believe what should be done really is that they, okay, there's no way over a million and a half people that are on this list, okay, um, that they could get to a federal court and maybe that is the right place to be, you know, Virginia. Because you forgive, you know, figure they're all, all those states are close together, including Washington, D.C., right? Yeah. Because when I, when I took the bus, we were going out to um, some friend in North Carolina, and we watched, we seen the White House right from the bus, you know? <laughs> and know. those states. We're all together, you know, I mean, so we passed um, Maryland, and after Maryland was the District of Columbia, then it was Virginia. Okay? So maybe that isn't just, you know, a state federal court. It might be the head of the whole United States federal court. Uh And that means that this judge or judges there could all do a video uh, hearing. Because how how the heck can a million and a half people go in one building? It's impossible. You know? Right. I mean, I used to go to, like, music festivals I mean, even when there was like 200,000 people, <laughs> you know, I mean, even 200,000 people couldn't fit, you know, within a mile radius, you know, uh-huh. and it wasn't enough. So what I'm thinking the best way to go about it is that they do a video court. You, ever, you know about video court? Where, you mean where remote? Okay, of? so example for 
you get a computer at home and the and the judge and in that court tells you how to you know connects you to his courtroom you know okay. they give you a website to go to and then your hearing is done between his computer and his video and yours okay yeah. now yeah. i hope that they give a choice because believe me i got a lot of words to say <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah they did so i hope you do well too. they take took my mother away from me yeah she was the best woman you don't know yeah she raised five kids by herself because my dad died when we were little oh is that right and she was a good friend you know she was a good friend and she's a great person you know Mm -hmm. i mean listen i don't think that anybody should put on be put on a list like this. I try to help two people out because they had nowhere to go, and that's uh-huh. how I got put on this list. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah that's so twisted, isn't it? It just mm-hmm. it, it twists right and wrong, you know. Set of principles around. It's just um, well, so evil. <laughs> this is the low ground. And his wife that put me on this list, he was mm-hmm. an ex-Marine. And yeah, you said- his mm-hmm. upstairs did not work too well. And then I find out after I gave him a chance, so they wouldn't be on the street, that they were uh, violent alcoholics. Oh. You know? yeah. And um, yeah. I almost got kicked out of my place because of that, you know? And uh, I told them they had to leave because of that. Because mm-hmm. my the management company was going to tell me, you know, you get rid of them or you got to go yourself. So I had mm-hmm. I kicked, I told them to leave. They left, and then I noticed that's when, you know, the crap started happening. Oh, you're yeah. kidding! So do no, you think it was? No, I'm not. I know it was. Them. There's nobody that's against me. I uh, see. I I didn't yeah. work at a place. Uh-huh. I had my own company. I ran mm-hmm. I ran a construction company for like twenty three right. years. So I okay. never had an enemy, you know, never. Yeah. And uh, they were even mentioning that when I says I made a comment to them, I go, yeah, if you find me, they says, oh, don't worry about that. We got lots of witnesses. And and uh, what else they say? And it's not going to be a problem to find you. So, right, that tells me right there. And they left me an email that, uh, well, how do they say that? All your doors are going to be open now, okay? Oh, uh, okay. And then yeah. something about you cannot walk over a king. I forgot how it was said. But when uh-huh. I went and told, oh, I got a number for you if you're interested. Here's a place, a company uh-huh. I found out about. 
And the name of it is called Digital Forensics. You want to get a pen and paper? Okay, just a minute. This is very helpful. Now, what do they do? Okay, what Digital Forensics does, um, you have a cell phone, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so if you have a cell phone, not a you know, landline, they could mm -hmm. forever, as long as you had that number or other numbers, they could pick up each phone call, where it came from, who it belongs to, their address, and everything else. Oh, that's and good. also, yes, uh -huh. yes it is. Uh, there is a charge, but I don't know. I didn't ask him how much it was. Now, okay. also, they could get all the text that the, 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 the goose text us something, and also any IP address that comes from an email. Oh, that's And good, what they yeah. do, yeah, and it says, to wherever the crime is created created from. Okay. Cell phones, online, email, and text messages. Wow. And wait. the number is 800-849-6515. Okay, thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Yeah. Dude, and I uh, think this is going to be great for people that could put the money together, okay, mm -hmm. and pay for the small fee, whatever they're charging. And it's great yeah. because a lot of people don't have enough evidence, but this is a way to find out that, you know, to get or gather together that you are being harassed by phone. Because in the Fourth Amendment, it says that you cannot destroy or interfere of anybody's life of any day. You cannot interfere with their life, with their everyday doing. You know, and that's yeah. including work or whatever, going shopping, uh -huh. whatever. Uh -huh. You also cannot interfere with their act of privacy. So mm -hmm. these are all parts of the Constitution. See, it doesn't okay. take much to figure out whether our rights are being broken, violated, you know? Yeah. And I want to help. I want to help you. And if you do me a favor, please pass that information on to other TIs. Yeah, I'm you think you would do that for me? Yes. This way, I'm just, see, I'm not just for myself. I'm, okay. I am all for everybody. And like I said, uh -huh. and I'm honest with you, I'm praying every day for all TIs that we all get Thank through our health problems due to this and that we get back our freedom and, and our humanity back, you know? And yeah, right. a lot of times I, I like candles for you guys, you know, and you know, I, I mean, I, I do that. I also make do a lot of research, and mm -hmm. uh, 
my organization is Citizens Justice. So I, I myself am not interested in targeted justice because they want to do a class action lawsuit. And I'm not interested in that. I think that if you, if anybody goes with a class action lawsuit, you are not going to get back, you know, compensated in what you what you deserve. And I don't believe no. that they're going to allow you to say your part, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, with me, I want a jury. I want a jury. I want to be able to say everything that's been done to me and my family and losing my mother. Yeah. My aunt was I, put on this for no reason at all. Yeah. Yeah. And any time in the beginning, they what they did is they tapped my phone so they could figure out who I call on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't. Um, I I try to keep mine really simple, and I don't I don't right. make appointments or you know I don't I don't like to do anything personal. I I, I right. call on these a lot. But uh, they play okay. with the phone. They play with it a lot. But um, okay, I keep, it, I keep it pretty impersonal. Do you have a house or are you in an apartment? I, I'm in a house. Uh-huh. Oh, thank God yeah. for that. Me too. I've been here yeah. 22 years. Yeah. I've been here 22 years, and um, I'm preparing to get start getting my work done and uh-huh. as soon as we get our court order that we are as equal as anyone else and mm-hmm. I'm moving I want to buy a farm a little farm oh, you know some with yeah. three to six acres yeah I want to get away from the city because uh-huh. we're getting ready to retire you know I want to do you. a little something I'd like to flip home because that's all I know, you know, it's all the business I've been in all my life. I've worked ever since I was like 14 years old, you know, and, wow. and you know, real did, work. Yeah, real work. And I like these programs. Yeah, that's a lot. And you really did. I love working with wood, but I don't know anything about building anything big, you know. Well, I like, I've never, what I had thought, what we're trying to look for is uh-huh. this is we want to find a small farm up to six acres, and we're uh-huh. hoping that that farm has a stable on it or a a barn. And we want uh-huh. to convert that into our home. That's what oh, we want to do. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. what people uh, are around here. You know, the thing is, a lot of barns and stables are like 4,000 square feet. So you could uh-huh. get a really nice house out of that, you know? Like yeah. Big uh-huh. rooms and big kitchen. I, you know, I would love to get back to cooking again. You know, my my kids uh-huh. are both on their own, <clears throat> you know, and they're both on their own. But maybe someday we could all get together again, you know, because they're doing their own thing and I'm doing mine, you know? And... Uh-huh. 
hopefully once we could get this, how would you say, a clear, clearing our name, all our names, okay, uh-huh. then we could live yeah. a regular, stable life, you know? Yeah. No, but it's still this I thing. did. I'm, you know what? Do you think uh-huh. we should get, um, like, some kind of big balloon or some parachute and, like, kind of shift them over to another planet or something? Do you think that I love work? it. <laughs> yeah. Put it, yeah. Put it, put it on I'm another on. planet. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, this planet would really be a lot better without without this kind of without, stuff. Without, yeah. <laughs> Good for I you. mean, I they're look. all going to go to hell, okay? I well, don't even have to wish they go to hell because they have committed murder. They are committing yeah. murder. They are, whether or not murder, attempted murder. Yeah. And I wanted to share this also with you. When back in the articles, when I first found out what this was, which was four years ago, they said the reason that they started this program because family members would never figure out why this person died, okay? Uh, it's because they could never figure out that when they had a congested heart failure and died from that, they would never know that it was caused by electronic weapons, okay? Yeah. They would just yeah. say, well, he had a short life and then move on, right? Mm-hmm. But then everybody started coming forward. <clears throat> I mean, there's a million and a half, or no, actually million point seven five people now and growing by the day. You know, what I'm saying is that people just ignored it and said, mm-hmm. oh, well, they just had a heart attack. It was just their time to go. But when more yeah. people started coming out of the woodwork, that's when hell broke loose, okay? And that's when everybody said no. And I know, did you know Elvira? Yes. I talked to Elvira okay. several several times. Yeah. yeah. She was a beautiful woman. And, um, oh, man. I mean, it's a shame. But there was a lot of things that I heard about her is that, she was, you know, she was afraid, you know, yeah. and um, she was well, afraid. She something was going to happen. She knew that. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. She did. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to say my prayers for you. I sure hope you uh, you get exactly what you're talking about because that sounds yeah. like a really good retirement, and you deserve it too. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Thank that's you. hard work you've been doing. It really is. And if I was you, you got kids? No, you said you were never married, right? No. No, I was married about four months. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, wow. I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I think that it would have ended up badly no matter what, you know. It's just wrong. Uh-huh. I thought I'd get married, but I, I, I like it better this way. It's just, you know, practically speaking, there are a lot of things that somebody could be doing that I have to do instead, you know, that sort of thing. But um, Where, what yeah, state I, you in? I'm in Washington State now. I grew up in Texas, but um, I, I heard live in Seattle's Washington. really bad, huh? I've heard. I, I heard have been to Seattle. 
it's been a while since I've been there, but I keep hearing it's almost as bad as San Francisco or I heard you know destroyed, you know. Yeah. yeah. I heard they have people uh, they got their tents out, they're living on the street, you know, yeah. it's like all over the place. Oh yeah. Well we have people I hope on the, street the best there, for so. you too because you sound like a sweetheart. You really do. Thank you. I've heard you talk before, and, and you are. You're a good person. And, oh, and Thank uh, you. It just sounds, you're, you're the kind of person that we, you know, we need um, to know that there are good people around yeah, here. Yeah, thank you. But nobody, nobody deserves this anyway, no matter who they I'll are. I'll tell you, but, though, you know, the no. way I feel is, but if one of these guys, they get on, and I don't like what they're saying, I'm going to tell them my feelings, you know? Yeah. Seriously. Good. Seriously. That's you know? Because I'm I believe a very that. liberated, I'm a liberated woman, too, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I had to learn early in my age, because my dad died when I was only 12 years old, you know? Yeah. And, uh... You know, my mother, that's why I called her, I call her my angel, because 39 years old, she was a widow, and uh, she had no no interest in dating anybody, and her whole whole life was us kids, you know, which was five of us, you know. In fact, I lost my brother a year after my mother died, okay? Oh, no. Um, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. I don't think he had. It didn't have. It not, no. It did not have anything to do with stalking. It, uh-huh. it was he was shot. Okay. He oh, was shot, dear. and there was a case that him uh-huh. and his partner. He was a cop from Chicago, and uh-huh. him and his partner locked two people up. And they said, don't worry, we'll get you afterwards, okay? Oh, really? So they kind of just took it, like, with a grain of salt. And when they got out, they found my brother, and they shot him in the back of his building. Yeah. Wow. So he was only 48 years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we hear about the police doing all these things wrong, but then we don't get as much news about what happens to the police. You know, the good guys. Who right. Do the, well, do the I'll tell you what, my brother was a good cop, and I know yeah. this for sure. He would have never gotten involved with anything like this. He even told yeah. me, he says, I just yeah. go after certain, you know, for murderers and stuff like that. He goes, I yeah. want nothing to, else to do with any of the other bullshit, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, he was a good cop, you know. I mean, and then when he got, oh, uh, he got hurt before, but he got hurt on the job before, and there was a bullet that missed him by about six inches, but they got his shoulder, so he was, oh. you know, he was on sick leave for a long time, but that mm-hmm. night that that happened, he wasn't on the job or anything, he was just going home, and two, he seen two, oh. he seen days. What this is what the camera showed. There was like a video camera in the back of the building, and they seen two guys 
with masks on, and he had one of them he had a gun, and then they seen him running, and then that was it, and he was found dead, right? You know, on he was run. Oh. It seemed to be that he was going to run to the phone, mm-hmm. okay, and try to make a call, and he went. And they found him dead inside his place. Wow. Yeah, but they did catch the video of of him being shot by two guys. Yeah. Mm. Chicago and he is was a good scary. Cop. Yeah, Chicago's yeah. scary, but there's good. I live in a decent area. Okay. Uh huh. And yeah. I've been here 22 years, going on 23. Uh huh. I want to just finish up this place. And as soon as I do that, and if this is, how would you say, if we have all cleared our names, uh-huh. then I'm going to move on. I'd like to go to Arizona, you know. I'd oh. like to go somewhere where it's warm, you know. I want to go, oh. yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to go somewhere. I I've even thought about going to Mexico. <laughs> you know? That's warm. That really is warm. Because I grew up in Texas, and it's too hot for me. But I know the people who stayed there just love it. So it's, No, okay. what part of Texas were you at? I grew up outside Dallas. Um, oh, okay. And I tell you what. I was there. Let me Really? I was in Dallas. Oh. Yeah, when we went, we, my, you know, better half didn't believe me. And, you know, I just wanted to get out of here and go traveling. And the first yeah. place we stopped at was Dallas Fort Worth. And we stopped at an in and out burger. <laughs> and okay. as, soon as, we, as soon as we got in that lot of the in and out burger, there was one, one white van. And another like a conversion band, and they were uh-huh. just sitting there watching me. Okay, and uh-huh. I did not know at that time that the cops were involved in this. So I stopped to cops. go, these people are harassing me, you know. And uh-huh. so, anyways, they said that they would go over there and find out what was going on. And I guess they questioned them, and we went at, you know, we went on our way to go somewhere else, and then we were looking for, he was looking for work out there. Well, couldn't find anything. Then we went to uh, Austin. Yeah, uh-huh. we went to Austin after that. After Austin, okay. let me see. It was, it was just like very highly... We were highly stalked by oh. really bad. And mm. I says, let's go to California to my condo. And mm. we'll get my stuff there. And then we'll come back because he had a job offer on the way. When we were traveling from Illinois to Tennessee, from Tennessee, mm. we went to Georgia, Florida, whatever. Well, anyway, wow. I wanted to do that. Yeah, we we traveled the states, you know, and um, yeah, and so he some some punk threw some kind of powder on him, and he was like 
disoriented for about oh, a half no. hour. Yeah. And so the We're job that he got, that was in, uh, it was a small suburb of Austin, I think Austin. But anyway, we were trying to find a place to go wash our clothes at. And somebody told us where there's a laundromat at, okay? And we Mm -hmm. went there, and he was sitting down. I go, listen, I need to shut my eyes for a while if we're going to go back on the road. So he brought Mm -hmm. the dog out with him, and... He, the guy says, here's $5. I'll watch, I'll watch the car, you know. Uh-huh. And as I came out of the car because I didn't see him, I got chemical burns all over my arms and my hands. Christina, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm so and, uh, you what? I've, I've been to Austin a lot. I've been, you know, I yeah. work around Dallas, Fort Worth, and it just makes me right. so sad that that kind of thing has going on there so badly. Because yeah. I know I know those places of really good places to be. And that's just right. so sad to hear you know. Then man, there was me and you know what really amazed me is that surprised me was that every time I like look behind me, there are these lawnmower shit ass cars couldn't all trying to broom an engine that didn't even sound like an engine. It sounded like a lawnmower, <laughs> you yeah. know? And uh-huh. then uh, they were always red, white, and black. Really? I couldn't understand that. Yeah. So well, whoever uh-huh. was following me was in a red car, a black car, or a white car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then we I moved don't, on I'm... to California. And I was going to get my stuff out of the condo, and we're going to go back to Tennessee because we were going to buy some property out there because, you know, the property is cheap in Tennessee. And uh, plus, it's beautiful there, you know? You know, all along the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, it's really pretty there. And the thing was, is, well, when his job started going down that he found, I says, you know what, let's just go back to Illinois because, you know, I don't want to lose, end up losing my house and I, our house and you still got an opportunity to go back to your old job. So that's mm-hmm. what we did. We came back here, you know. But yeah. I've been here 22 years, knock on wood. And okay. um, I'm hoping to... Get the heck out of here um, as soon as I, you know, could fix up, start fixing this place up. And then, like I said, I, I mean, even if I don't go to Arizona right away, mm-hmm. we buy a, like to buy a small farm. You know, there's all place, all kinds of places in Illinois that got yeah. small farms, you know, and, you know, like an acre to three acres or something like that. I just like to grow. You know, I like to I like to grow vegetables and fruit oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, so we figure we want to be able to do something. You know, once he retires. Yeah. Sure. So that's well, that's all. Well, I certainly hope that works out for you. It sounds like a good plan. It sounds like something well, that 
I want to get away from the city because it's, I'm just getting to the point where, you know, I mean, with all this shit and everything, I'm, and I know one thing, don't ever leave the area you're at because you're trying yeah. to get away from them because it don't work that way. Exactly. So never leave from one place to another to try to get mm-hmm. away from them. Do it because you want to do it, you know? Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, they follow me everywhere, every state, really? every town, yeah. everywhere, you know? Wow. That, I thought that, that this was only like a city, like, like uh-huh. a you know, that somebody wanted me out of their community or something, which I'm not in trouble anyways. I stay out of trouble, you know? Like, right. who would want me, who, you know, who would want me out of here? I got along fine with my neighbors, you know, I always uh-huh. did. Get, get along fine with, my, you know, my, you know, my fam- well, family at that time anyways. Everybody yeah. got distanced when mom passed away, you know? And mm-hmm. let me see. So, but the thing is, is I always had been close to people. There was never nobody that would ever want this on me, you know? And the people I know all love me. So, you know, it's like, you know, there was only two people that could have put me on this, and that was them. And they kind of warned me anyways. They kind of said, no, you're not going to be hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. That's because everything is done by satellite. That's why. You get, exactly. Well, whatever it is, I don't know what it is for sure. We have drones around here too and didn't have them then. Yeah, we had one Saturday. Last Saturday we had a drone around here. Um, We did. And I was... I wanted, I was getting my lottery tickets, girl, and I, uh-huh. oh, I, I got like, I won $50, uh, wasn't yeah. much, but it was something, you know, and yeah. I spent $10 on tickets, but I ended up winning 50 because I got four numbers on my ticket, uh-huh. so it was a, it was a state lottery, like, you know. And uh-huh. so I was excited about that. I go, wow, I've been one for a while. And it's funny because the, like the last time that I had won, I won on the same game, but I won like, shit, I won $2,000, you know? But by the wow. time Uncle Sam, yeah, <laughs> took his money out, you know, uh-huh. you know how that goes. Once Uncle Sam takes their money out, you know, yeah. they took out, like, shit, $500 out of me, you know? Oh, yeah. really? Oh, no. Yeah, so I won 2000 and I came back with, um, how much did I get, like, 15 45 or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Why'd so, they take that much? Federal taxes. You're kidding. My kidding. No. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's okay. You know, I mean, hey, I feel no. it was two it was 
$1,500 more than I had, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can be 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 able to buy it, it, you know? Sure. But anyways, you know, so I just, you know, I kind of go with the flow, you know? That's what I do. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, I figure this is money I didn't have. And we were having some tough times and... Uh-huh. I mean, it came to me. It came in all at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That yeah. works out. And uh, yeah, it does. It does. Trying to figure well, out. I'm trying to find my ticket to see if I want anything tonight. You know? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to. Yeah. I probably need to get off the phone. Getting kind of, it's late here, and I'm on the West Coast. It's really late what where you are. Is it? Two well, fifteen. A little after, well, yeah, two fifteen. <laughs> you stay up late, don't you? Well, I used because to. I run, I run an organization that sometimes there's people that are uh-huh. saying that they are trying to take their lives away. Oh. And I sit on the phone with them sometimes five hours. Do you really? And it takes five hours, and I convinced them that, hey, nothing could get, you know, I mean, nothing yeah. could be worse. Just everything could get better. Exactly. So what I do is I sit on the phone with them, and I talk about, you know, different things with them, like, you know? And yeah. to convince them that... Um, Eight seventeen. I had the wrong ticket. Well, anyways, what I was trying to say is that I convinced them that you know it's not worth it to take your life because if you take your life, you're not going to know what happened. <laughs> you know, like right. that. I know. You know? And somebody said, "I just heard it because we have people around here. We've got a bridge, you know, that goes between two, two. Right. And for some reason, people like that bridge to jump off, you know, and kill themselves. Uh-huh. And they land they land right in somebody's front yard. It's just awful, you know. But they keep doing it. So they ended up putting a, um, a higher uh, barrier, you know, across the bridge. Right. But on the radio, the other guy was talking about it. And he said, you just need to convince people that everything's temporary. And what that is right. is a it's a it's a complete and final solution to a temporary problem. And if they don't realize yeah. try to look beyond it, you know. It's just so sad. And what what's sad is so many young people. I mean with long right. lives. That's what ahead. it is, is that they're what what disturbs me the most huh? is this is that I'm seeing really young kids doing doing I know this. it. And yet the oh, yeah. cops are the ones that are teaching them. But there is really? cops and yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I mean anywhere from oh I I heard of one that was nine years old, you know? Oh no. Now they talk about if you raise your kids to be good then you won't have the problems later, or, or we don't have to get them done. That's why it was an old advertisement on the radio. 
But mm-hmm. now they're teaching them to do shit to people, and that's not fair. No, no. You know? I can't believe it. I mean, no. the thing is, is that we all want our kids to be good, you know. We all want yeah. them to be fair, you know. And sure. if you're if you're yeah. teaching your kid, if if somebody, you know, is doing something bad, you know, like, I mean, especially if a cop, you know, if a cop is saying, hey, you want to do this? And the cop is teaching them bad manners, yeah. then, you know, that kid is going to grow up to be, end up in jail, end up in, in trouble, you know? Yeah. So I, I I just like I mean just so totally against it you know yeah mm-hmm. so um, well, the thing is is that's why me and you and all the other people must teach our kids and must mm-hmm. get out there so they're not tortured no you know? kidding and I'm hoping yeah. that I'm here and. You know, I I try to be as strong as possible, and you know, I mean, I had I had three heart attacks. I guess God wasn't ready for me yet. I but guess not. Made, yeah. Thank God for that. But what it was with yeah. me is that I was having stomach aches for like two, three days in a row. And I says, I just can't stand these stomach aches. Well, it wasn't that it was a stomach problem. I was having a massive heart attack. Oh, really? So, I didn't yeah. Wow. And I felt real bad. I went from the uh-huh. bedroom to the kitchen, the bedroom to the kitchen, until I just said, hey, you know, I can't, I, you know, I, don't, I can't deal with these pains in my stomach. So I grabbed the bag, filled it up, Ran, drove myself to the hospital, and they said, I go, are you, am I going to be admitted? They go, well, first you got to go to ICU. We got to do emergency surgery, because otherwise you're going to end up in the box. Or, oh, wow. I thought they were kind of rude, though, you know, yeah. you're going to end up in the yeah. box, so you get, you get the surgery. I go, well, what's wrong? Why don't you tell me what's wrong? They say, your heart is barely beating. Wow. So I well, had what? things put in me, and so far, you know, so uh-huh. far so good. You know, I mean, not perfect, but controllable. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Control. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But and I'm glad. I still have my other issues too. You sure. Yeah. Well, know, I'm glad I mean, you finally went. Yeah, well, I had gone because my stomach was really screwed up that morning. And my cousin had passed away. She said she was having all-night stomach pain. And Mm -hmm. her daughters went to the house in the morning, and she had passed away on the couch. Because when you have stomach problems and you're really feeling, and I didn't feel like, I was having problems with breathing or anything like that, you know? Yeah. 
I was just yeah. having that stomach ache, you know. So I drove I my, I figured, well, I'm going to the hospital because by the time the ambulance get here, I could be gone, you know. So I sure. drove myself yeah. to the hospital and I was, I made it just in time, you know. So if you That's ever not. get those kind of effects, go to the hospital. Well, Don't mess with it, you know. You know what I heard yeah. is that all that research that they did on heart attacks was usually about men, and their heart attacks are different from the way women have heart attacks, you know. So. Um, oh, really? Well, it's just different. Oh. You know, you'll get a different kind of pain here or pain there or uh, something. So um, a lot of the standard way of treating it, this has been a while. Now, this is about 10 or 15 years ago. But I remember they said they needed. Wait, hold on a minute. Here we go. I had something going on here. But anyway, like I said, yes, I am am glad that Uh I went to the hospital. I drove myself to the hospital, and I was only only like five minutes away from the hospital. And they go, Uh girl... I, you know, because the nurse knew me. She goes, girl, uh-huh. are you kidding me? You drove yourself to the hospital. How about if you would have gotten an accident? I go, well, I'm here, ain't I? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Good for you. They, so I they think... had to put some things in me. And uh-huh. not a pacemaker with some other, some other things. And, you know, okay. I mean... Just like I said, keep yourself healthy. Try to keep yourself healthy. If you get any kind of stomach problems or that, and they're hard, that's how they feel, hard, go uh-huh. to the hospital. Don't don't mess with it, you know, because yeah. we don't, we want, we, we need you around here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured, I figured uh, my time will run out exactly when God says it's time to run out you know so i'm not worried about when but um well i i take it in a different in a different way i feel that god could do everything okay of course yeah but uh-huh. but when it comes up to i don't know when it just is pushed upon you Sometimes God can't do nothing, you know, or that's how I look at it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. You do. We do what we can. You know. That's right. That's what, you know, the pastor was talking about that the other day, you know, because the the Apostle Paul said uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain because you gain. Right. You don't get to be with him. Okay. But at the same time, Paul wanted to stick around you know, to uh, right. for the ministry, you know, that sort of thing. And then the pastor started talking. He said, but, you know, if you get a diagnosis, you do everything you can to get better. <laughs> he was just right. going back and forth about it, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> That's that kind of true. funny, yeah. We do. Well, we do. you know, I, I mean, know. we really do um, try to keep our health up, you know, and... Yeah. It's just what's so sad about it is it's not us not keeping our health back. 
you know, keeping it together. It's people yeah. that's pushing us to be murdered, you know? Oh, it's all stupid. Uh, it's, I've got so many things I could, I could be doing you know? like, like you do. We've got a lot of things right. to do that would be so productive that don't get productive because we got to uh, tackle right. all this nasty stuff, shielding and locking up and getting it right here and, you know, organizing our lives in a different way. And that's the stupidity of it. It's just a... Um, yeah. It's low life. This is low life kind of treatment. This is life. the lowest that anybody could go. Seriously. It is. The sickest. And they're anyway, scumbags. I didn't make... they're, they're, they're just scumbags. You know. I know. I mean, how can anybody even sleep? Seriously. <laughs> how can anybody even sleep knowing what they're doing to somebody else? Don't they think, like, why am I doing this? I mean, I don't even know this person. This person's done nothing to me. You know? I mean, don't they, when they go to bed at night, don't they think of something like that? You know, like, why am I doing this? Because, you know, seriously, you know, that person's not done a damn thing to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. don't they think of it that way? Is the money bad important to them? I mean, really? No? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I mean, oh. I mean, so if I, I was not... like that, you know, say I was like that, and I would say, huh, I need some money, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't think I could live with myself as far as doing that, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, I always wondered how people could look in the mirror, you know, just to comb yeah. their hair. And look at, you have to look in the mirror once in a while. And I just thought, right. what can they do? They have to look at themselves. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, how can they even think like, oh, okay, so I'm going to help today. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to help somebody murder somebody else that I don't know. Yeah. That has never done anything to me, has never uh-huh. harmed me, has never harmed my family or any of my friends. I know. And I could tell that they're a good person, so why do I need to do this? Exactly. Because you know why? Because the cops, what they do is they do warn them, I think, and say, well, if you get involved in this, then pretty much you're always going to be involved in this or else, you know? And I don't want to just say the cops because I have never had anything against cops, you know? Uh -uh. So I never had anything against the cops. So it's... It's not like I could really talk. And then, like I said, I had a brother that was a cop, and he was a good cop, you know? I mean, oh, aggravated, you know? I mean, really aggravating. Really, really aggravating. I mean, oh. My dad. It's like, huh? Huh? 
my daddy when he was with the navy he was with the shore patrol and after that yeah. he, he he was a um he was a motorcycle cop and he liked it and he wanted to stay and mother wouldn't let him do it because oh, okay. you know she didn't want him to so it didn't work out but uh yeah i have i've always had respect except i've been treated right. badly and that didn't happen until i was what 50 something years old and i thought my goodness i've always uh-huh. had a tremendous amount of respect for them Did they but I, how old you were when and oh now, me now yeah i'm i'm 74. <laughs> wow yeah. Yeah, okay, you're just a so kid. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm 60s. I'm in my okay. 60s. That's know, all right. Well, I'm just crawling up right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know? I, yeah. I, my phone's getting ready to turn red on me and turn off on me. I just, listen, okay. I, hope, I hope. Oh, you know I what? You. I, never did, I never did give you my, my um. I never got your name. Oh, Lonnie. Lonnie. Lonnie? Okay. Lonnie, you want my email address? And then you could be in touch with well, me. I, and I could, but then I, I don't could do... Give, you know, I could give you my phone number. You know, we could talk I, when you need to talk. Why don't you give me your phone number? Because I don't do the Internet at home. I used to, oh, but you I don't, don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know about giving it over to... Lying, I don't. Know, I don't think so either. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'll talk to you because I've heard you talking okay. before, and I'll be yeah. on. I'm on a lot. So, so we'll, when we'll you're talk on, to... say hello. Okay. You know. Yeah. I will. Okay, honey. Good I, night. God bless you. Bye bye. Okay. God bless you too. Thank you. <laughs>